With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over a hundred casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Over prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You're listening to the Getting Salty Experience Podcast. We are back with that kid. Oh, hello, Louis. What's going on? Louis is off tonight on assignment <laughs> again. He's Be very, his- very quiet. I'm hunting wabbits. <laughs> are you supposed to send that back to me, by the way? Be very, very quiet. <laughs> I'm hunting wabbits. All right. <laughs> No, uh, I'm not right. sending you my Louis doll back. I, yeah, I, you know, you this, is, this is my Louis doll. I found that on eBay, bro. I know, but I got now. I gotta. Ha- I have to have them here uh, for moments right. like these tonight. You got to take your picture too, because it's over there. It's not doing any good. You should put it back there. The picture of you with your Proby Pete. <laughs> okay, on. I'll take the Proby Pete yeah. photo. Anyway, we are back. We got the firehouse kitchen table, bro. Not just from New York, from all over the country. Tonight we're up in Worcester. We're at the Worcester kitchen table. Welcome to the show again, Fat Daddyus. Oh, thanks for having me back. I have nothing to do, so I'd rather do it here. Uh, <laughs> all right. I feel privileged. I feel honored. <laughs> so enthusiastic. So yeah. so so much to add. Yeah. Yeah. Well, my boy Ruffy is off on his uh, anniversary. Somewhere oh, romantic. Yeah. See those nice pictures he was sending, man? Oh, yeah. I saw Toity-toity, right? Toity-toity yeah. up I there, guess so. that's the, how the hoi polloi That's how the hoi polloi. That's how they live their lives. The yeah, hoi polloi. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Mm. We got a hard charger from Worcester that uh, we met up. Uh, oh, you weren't there. It was me and Cliffy up at the New England Chiefs show. Just from walking around, he camped our booth. We went to his booth. Great guy. Hard charger. I knew it. As soon as, as, soon as I saw him, it's hard charger. Yeah, some of his photos here are pretty freaking salty as hell. You know, he looks like a salty old guy we know too. He does. Pete, do you have a picture of that guy? He's a doppelganger. He's a doppelganger for this gentleman right here. A certain captain. (laughs) (laughs) He looks just like him. That's Captain Evans. Who right out of the womb in that picture? Holy shit. Look at that young fellow. Full head of hair. Uh, Is that an earring? It's two ears. Two Hold and both ears. Hold on. Two, two and both ears. You're a fucking pirate, man. I was a pirate. Did, didn't Tommy Evans have an earring? Well, yeah, I guess so. I don't know. We can't tell you what that arrow was because it was a derogatory thing that he was writing to me. But <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like, hey. Yeah, Miki, I look like one of the Goombas there, man. Forget about it. Forget about it. 
paying yes. dues in the Colombian Association. Yeah, yeah. No doubt. Very nice, boys. Very nice. All right. Well, do we want to get oh. to our guest after we do a little, uh, you know, housekeeping? Yeah, do the housekeeping, Pete. And then we're going to okay. bring our, our doppelganger well, for Tom Evans. Tom Evans' doppelganger. It's Monday night. And that's a special night, as you all know, because that's the night where we introduce you guys to New Jersey Fire Equipment Company. Established in 1930 and under the current ownership since 1987, the New Jersey Fire Equipment Company handles a complete line of fire department equipment and supplies. Headquartered in Greenbrook, the company operates full 3M Scott service facilities in Ridgefield Park and Toms River, staffed by 10 fully authorized Scott certified technicians with a fleet of six fully equipped service vans. All New Jersey fire technicians and sales representatives are active or retired firefighters, officers or chief officers, career and volunteer. They understand the business and the importance of their work. New Jersey Fire has represented Scott since Earl Scott entered the SCBA business at the end of World War II. Among other leading manufacturers represented by New Jersey Fire are Globe and Firedex Turnout Gear, Mercedes Hose, Task Force Tips and Akron Brass, Hygienol, Firehooks, Arctic Compressors, MSA Carnes Helmets, ChemGuard Foam, Alkalite and Duo Safety Ladders, BA Face Shield Protectors, Truckman's Choice Saws, Groves gear racks and washer dryers, SuperVac fans, RPI, Streamlight, and many others. A New Jersey incorporated and based company, sales and service are limited to the state of New Jersey. Find us now at www.njfe.com. That's www.njfe.com. Uh, you got to love the brothers in the chat, bro. Some of the stuff they were writing was hysterical. Procaccini writes, uh, oh, it's Captain Evans and Captain Morgan. Check it out. <laughs> <laughs> that was a good Show one. Show that picture again. Hold <laughs> on. Captain Evans and 70, Captain... Uh, 70 right. Gary! There's, uh, there's only two members of Wham. <laughs> <laughs> Gary! See, now, we're not doing a five minutes of fury. They're funny as hell, bro. Right? I mean... It's, uh, it's unbelievable. Karen... Yeah. You know, they just they just they just hop in on you when you least expect it. But uh, when it comes when it put when you put them under the pressure to win a prize, no, yeah. no go. Nah, unbelievable. Right. Yeah. Anyway, that's what Captain, Captain Tommy Evans spent many a many a nights in the front cab going to jabs. Yeah. Jabs. All right. Well, before we get to our salty, salty esteemed guest, uh, two more quick things, guys. Mm -hmm. Uh, if you guys want to support us. Remember to head on over to GettinSaltyApparel.com where you will find the finest hats, t-shirts, hoodies, uh, accessories, firefighter t-shirts, hoodies, apparel, and accessories in the game. GettinSaltyApparel.com. Guys, if you're watching the show live, hit us up in the super chat or the super thanks. Uh, we appreciate it because you guys are our number one sponsors and... Any of that helps us support the show and keep it growing, keep it moving, man. It keeps the grease, the wheels greased around here. Uh, so, as always, in advance, very humbly, thank you so much. That's it. Nice. Now nice. we can get to the real deal. Yes. All right. One you're, of very these well, you're very welcome. Yeah, QC Beast. QC Beast. I sent him a shirt. Um, 
Guys, I have an influx of stuff to Coop's podcast. Keep sending it, bro. I love it. All of a sudden, I don't know what it is. Kicking it up. Well, you know, they're, they're coming back from their family vacations. Summer's starting to wind down. Right. And here we go now. We're back to where All we All right. Let's bring our guest. He's a hard charger from Worcester. What did he say before? Uh, Ray, I thought he said Carl. What did he say? He called. Yeah. He was saying, I'm Carl. Call. Go fight, Carl. He was Carl. Carl. Like, who the hell was – who was Carl? He was saying Carl. Carl. <laughs> yeah. Carl. Let's bring him in here. Paul LaRochelle. Here he comes. Hey, gents. How's everybody doing? Excellent. How are you, sir? First of all, I must commend you, sir, on that shirt. I love it. I'm loving it, bro. Well, thank you. Thank you. That, that had to be a gift. Who brought you Who bought you that? Uh, my children. Nah, I knew it. I knew it. I did wear my uniform for tonight, though. So I, you know, I wanted to dress up to start the show, but then <laughs> I better, I better support. Oh, there go. hey. there he goes. he's like Superman. He came right out of that thing. Oh, wow. no. no joke. Yeah. What's going on, LT? How are you, boss? Uh, you're slightly terrified. 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 Wow. Us three idiots. All right. Let's Jeez. before we get it, we dive deep into the Lou's career. It's a great career. He's a, a, a definitely a salty firefighter. Pete, let's do our uh, our patriotic duties before Susie loses a shit in there. Oh well, listen, as you guys know, as always, we are the most patriotic show in the game. And I bring you tonight, as always, the Pledge of Allegiance. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America. And to the republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Excellent. Still gives me chills. All right. Get right into it, Pete. Right from there to what? To the old drinking... For the alcoholics in the uh, in the audience, let me pop this open. Hold on a minute. Ah, that's not a white claw, is it? What? That's not a white claw, is it? No, I've switched off the white claws to the um. What I say there, Pete? The uh, oh, not the Trulies. No, what's what's this one? New one? Some weird one that's a vodka based one. You said it's vodka with some flavor and some uh, grapefruit. Yeah, whatever. It's fruity. It's fruity, it's bubbly, it's it's Kevin. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, according to that gentlemen, picture, anyway. <laughs> the word of the day is Jake. Oh! Jake, ladies and gentlemen. That's what we call, we call what? We, the, the firefighters only are called Jakes up there, or is it like you know, a cultural like thing? Like a Jake around? off or like a... No, it's... Uh... It's a spinoff from in, in the early days in Boston when they first had the fire alarm boxes. You had to have a key to get into the boxes, and it was shaped like a J. So they used to call it the J key. And, uh, and, it, and it turned into Jake, and then it over the time, if you were a good firefighter, they'd say you were a good Jake. Oh, okay. All right. So there's some history there. Uh, the, oh, wait. Hold on. Oh, Jake's right. baseball. I had that hat. Nice. Keep away from me. That's okay, Kev. Don't put your headphones on. Let your chest hang right out. Don't worry about it. That's totally <laughs> fine. That's I don't know what Jake's you're doing with your lighting either, but that's, that's totally the, fine. Totally fine. To that that's the Jake's hat I got from my Boston buddy. It's a Jake's All right. Hat. Jake it is. Yep. All right. All I right. I probably look well, like a Jake off in it, right? Don't I? <laughs> a little bit. 
a little yeah. bit. So, you know, I you strike me as a pretty serious character, uh, LT. You know, I got to say. And before we get into it, I've acquired some, uh, if I could say, some audio, audio files, some recorded audio files about how serious you are. And this is someone talking about how serious you could be. I got I to gotta play this oh, for the audience. Where did this come from? I don't even know. I, I listen. I listen. Sources. If it was a union problem or, say, a beef in the numbers, then only the top guys can meet with Paulie to discuss the problem. Is that true? <laughs> Play that again. I, I missed half of it. Slice the onions with a razor blade. Yeah. Oh, the, the garlic. The garlic. I heard. The I, I heard. I heard. It would just disintegrate it to the oil. That's For a right. guy who moved all day, Paulie didn't have to do much. You know what I mean? Oh. No. <laughs> Nice. Let's go back to the early, early days. Okay. Uh, Lou, uh, you had family on the job. I know you, your wife had family on the job, but what about you? Yeah, so, yeah, so my father was a call firefighter, like uh, you tried to say earlier. And um, not Carl the firefighter, he was a call firefighter. Oh, yeah. And that was in uh, 59. And, and they were, uh, they had a drill one night and they had four lines off the engine. And as they were shutting each line down, the relief valve wasn't set, so the pressure kept going into the next line. He was on the fourth line, and the hose was actually starting to expand, and the guy behind said, I can't hold it. When my father turned to look, the nozzle come up, hit him in the head. Holy and shit. And he just about lost his eye. Oh, no. Oh, my God. That was pretty much the end of his career. Was know? this your old man? No, that's me. Oh, that's you. That's me. And that's my first fire. Okay, we'll get to this. I thought this might be your old man, and we didn't have time no. to label it. So, no, that's okay. uh, all right. no, no worries. No all right, we'll worries. get to that later. We'll get to that no. later. All right. So, yeah, so my father was a call firefighter. I had a couple uncles that were full time firefighters. Uh, and both of my brothers ultimately became firefighters with me in Southbridge and uh, a cousin as well. So, uh, there were four Lara shells on the fire department in Southbridge at one time, and really uh, a lot of fun for the chief. Wow, no Where doubt. was your old man uh, a firefighter? In Southbridge as well. Yeah, he was called. I guess that, that's where you grew up, in Southbridge? Yes. Now, uh, I didn't know what this was. So explain, maybe the rest of the country does, but what is a call firefighter? So you're basically going about your business, whatever that happens to be. And then in this particular town, they had a big horn on top of the roof of the firehouse that would blow uh, the number from the street box. When I came in, you'd go in and you'd get on the truck and go to work. And uh, and they paid you a small stipend. It really wasn't much. It was just all about the love for doing it. That was well, what was actual pay? That's interesting. Uh, I think we used to get two hundred dollars for six months. That much? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. Well, yeah. seventy-five cents a gallon, so that was pretty good. Yeah. 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 You know. In 1979, again, it wasn't, you know, that was enough to maybe, uh, you know, take a girl out or something like that. But that was about it. Right. Yeah, so like basically, like Ray said, it's like being paid to be a volley, right? I mean, you say, you're doing the same thing. You're not staying at the firehouse, right? You're wherever no, you are. No. no. And there's drills that you have to attend each month and stuff like that. But it's really just for the love of the job and the hope right. that it's a stepping stone to get a full-time position. Are there right. still a lot of uh, qualified firefighters up in Massachusetts? So it's it's really dwindling. You know, they're having a hard time in a lot of departments getting people to volunteer. You know, because life is busy. It's just every everything else is a priority. You know, 
Uh, and, you know, there's a lot of negativity about the fire service, you know, uh, cancer and things like that. And, you know, so. It's not about the fire service in the certain terms of uh, the people. It's it's more about the dangers of the job, you mean, Paul? Yeah. Um, yeah. There's, I mean, there's, there's, you know, it, you, every time you turn around, if you read an article in a magazine that talks about uh, the prevalence of cancer and things like that. And, you know, again, big events that have happened. Um, you know, and, and in Worcester in particular, you know, we've had a bunch of line of duty deaths and, um, and it, it's just, it's a, it's just a, a systemic problem, you know, and people, younger guys, a lot of them don't want to get jobs that are getting dirty and, yeah. you know, the hours are great, but still they, you know, you got to work weekends, you got to work holidays once in a while. So I, I'm trying to get my son to do it. He don't want to do it. He comes from, you know, he'd have been third generation. Yeah. All his, his uncles, my, my father, the, no interest, none. Can't. It's easier ways know. to make money, you know? Yeah. Right. They yeah. make a lot more money. Lot yeah. More. <laughs> I mean, if that's all you want to do is make the money, right? Like, but you know, I think Nikki wants to be a cop anyway, doesn't he? Yeah. I think he wants to be a cop. I don't know. Uh, we talked about this at the last audio file thing. We said, you know, whenever you see a, uh, another job with guys looking to go to more work, can we take that boxing? Can we go to that fire? You don't hear that anywhere else. You know, yeah. can I work more hours? I, I'd be on vacation. I couldn't wait to get back to the firehouse after I was off for like two weeks. I was oh, thank God for roster staff and overtime. Got you in the firehouse. Yeah, yeah, right. In the firehouse while you're on vacation, right? What yeah. other job is like that? You can't wait to get back to work. In that job, if you're more less than an hour early you're late yeah right. you know? <laughs> there you go right that's at eight if you're not there by seven you're a scumbag yeah you know i i didn't even think of that right you come in sometimes an hour two hours early right you try to get the guy to take early relief you know <laughs> you're yeah. ready to go you're ready to go you're ready to go you know you walk out of the house you'd be like Whew. yeah I'm, I'm, I'm going to the womb. Yeah, yeah, man. Oh man, he never looked at the clock. Uh, I don't understand why these these kids don't like. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know, Paul. I think you're right. Yeah. All right. So, so after you, you, you do that, you become uh, it's a 79. This was 76. You started in the small yeah. town in, in South Bridges in the combo. So, 79, you became the call firefighter, and then 83. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Well, provisional full time, uh, reappointed every 30 days. What does that mean? Talk yeah, so um, prior to my appointment there, the uh, they had never had any provisional jobs. They were short a couple people and they needed to hire a couple people right away. 
So they got a hold of my friend Alan Brackett and myself, and they said, "Hey, can you come to the firehouse on Friday? Have a meeting." We showed up, and they said, "Hey, we're going to offer you a job, but it's only provisional. It's every 30 days. We have to re-hire you, and we're going to have a test now. This year, this time, we're going to have a test. So prior to that, there was no exam. If you were on the call department long enough, and you were a decent guy, then eventually you got your shot at a full-time job. So now, all of a sudden." You had to take a test. So and this was and this was in Southbridge, right? Yes. Yeah. What about Jake? Did he try out? Hey. Oh. <laughs> yeah. You know what? You see, I figured Stuck you that out. in there. Uh, yeah, you did. I, I waited for you. Out. I waited for you to reach for something over there, bro. I was. I was. I, was I knew that he was going for it. So now my guard is up. Some oh, look gun. at him, bro. So look at Pete. Some of a gun. Some of a gun. All right, so you're a professional, right. and every 30 days that they, they can yep. either haul you back or shit can you, basically. That's right, yep. Oh, so you really have to play nice with others. Yeah. So how long did it take for you to actually get hired full-time? It was about four months. They okay. had the test, and then we got hired, and, and it ended up being uh, not the guy that was with me provisionally. He didn't do quite as well on the test. It was actually my cousin. I finished number one. He finished number two. Um, and we, you know, we had an ambulance in that fire department, so that was our primary job. But then we also drove the ladder truck, which was a tiller, which, as anybody knows, it's done that's the greatest job in the world. So, so it was pretty cool. Right. Were, were so what you guys uh, EMTs or anything like that? Yeah, EMTs. Yep. Yeah. Do a lot, lots of, lots of ambulance calls. How much fire did you do over there in uh, in Southbridge? Did you guys go to? So, so we, uh, we we got sent to the State Fire Academy. It was nine weeks at the time. My first night out of the academy, uh, caught a good fire in a cellar of a Cape-style house. And, um, you know, it was kind of interesting because we, we always have a dispatcher on duty. So when you have five people working, there's only four going out the door. And uh, the officer that night says, look, if we go with one truck, you come with us. If we go two trucks, you're going to go in the second truck be the hydrant man so we go two engines to this fire and i grabbed the hydrant and uh we were in the middle of transitioning between positive pressure air packs and non-positive pressure so the the regulator connection was different the kid that had the nozzle he grabbed the mask grabbed the pack went up realized he had the wrong face piece and we kind of passed each other on the front lawn like where the heck's he going you know that's that's sort of dangerous huh yeah, it was kind of crazy, yeah. you know. But, I mean, what do you do? So, uh, of anyway, course, you, of course, you stole a nozzle from him, right, Paul? I mean, there's well, other. You know, I tried, but he has you know, <laughs> more time. Than ah, sh- I but, thought that uh, was for sure. Yeah, so so we crawl into the kitchen, and the floor is kind of sagging and so forth. But I'm brand new; I don't know really any better, you know. Right. And uh, kind of found our way to the cellar, got down the stairs, put the fire out. My younger brother. He always seemed to be the guy that got to the fire off duty the soonest. So he comes crawling in and after the fire, you know, they're saying to us, like, why did you go across the kitchen? I go, well, the nozzle guy did. And, you know, he had more time than me. I figured if it was okay for him, you know, right. why did you go across the kitchen? Well, my brother went across the kitchen. Why? I think it must have been okay. You know, so. so my first night, you know, we could have plunged through the floor into the basement. And it could have been very short <laughs> wow. career, but, but it all worked out. You know, yeah. So your brother now he wasn't a paid guy, he was probably one of those on call guys. Yes, yeah, one of the on call guys. Oh yeah. wow, that's pretty cool mm-hmm. to work with your brother, right? How big was that department, Paul? So it was uh there's 30 guys, 
30 full-time, there was 20 call firefighters, and then there was 20 auxiliary firefighters, which were the guys that they couldn't go in or anything like that, but they could help pick up and everything, you know, 16-year-old to 19-year-old. That's a decent amount of guys, though. How many yeah. How many firehouses yeah. did they have? Just one. Just one. Just one? Yeah. And yeah. they had what? And they had two engines or they had a ladder or what they have? Three engines, a ladder, a rescue, a couple of forestry trucks, two ambulances. Oh, it's a big house. It's like six doors. All right. Oh. Nice. And it says uh, 82, you took the uh, New York City test, right? What made you yeah. decide that you wanted to try that out? Well, again, I, I'm not that big of a fan of the ambulance. You know, I like the work. Um, I grew up with Bob Athanas. I know you guys know who he is. Somebody and, just threw that in there that they said that he was a Southbridge guy. Yeah, he was. And, uh, you know, we went to fires together and stuff back then. And uh, he ended up going out there and he had taken me sparking out there a few times. And I'm like, oh, yeah, this is awesome. You know, in the South Bronx looking around in 79 going, yeah, like to get some work here. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, so I took the written, did really well. Got about a nine, I think a 96. And then uh, they sent me to take the agility test, which was in Brooklyn in the armory, the old armory yep. back behind the nut house. And uh, it went early, caught a fire in Brooklyn in a church. And uh, my wife was with me. And, uh, you know, we're taking pictures, waiting. And uh, all of a sudden, the uh, uh, lieutenant from 214 engine comes over. And he's like... Uh, What's a white girl doing in this neighborhood? <laughs> and she was, oh, it's my husband over there. He's taking pictures. He's going to take the agility test. So he said, follow, come back to the firehouse. So I followed him back to the firehouse. They gave me a bunch of pointers on the test. And, uh, you know, that really helped me to do well because I would have done things more gentlemanly right. than, and, uh, uh, and I missed 100% on the agility test by three seconds. Uh, so that's what that's happened to me the first time I took it. Yeah. Same exact thing. Changed my number by about 2,000. Yeah, right? Maybe. Just three seconds. Yep. Yeah, yeah. And the guys were disappointed. They're like, you missed it by three seconds, you know? Well, things happen for a reason, yeah, right? I mean, yeah, Everyone's yeah. asking for a welfare check on, on Sealy. He's, yeah, he's back, is. ladies and gentlemen. He's okay. He was, ca he was catatonic from it like this. <laughs> <laughs> Uh-oh, we can't hear you, though. Can't, can't hear, hear you, Ray. Ray. Ray, you're gonna have to go out and come back in and adjust your uh, audio, buddy. We can't hear you. Well, there's his hand. We can't hear you. Oh, maybe he can fix it now. Oh, uh, he's out. And he's out. <laughs> and uh, he's out. Todd Swansby saying P. I think Ray's having a stroke. Mean. He's saying <laughs> welfare he's check on Ray <laughs> could be dead. He's stroking uh, out. John what is Two. This? He had a stroke. Yeah. What is uh, John Two's in there? Where is Johnny Two? Johnny. Oh, Johnny 2's in there. Johnny 2, back. Rescue 4, Rescue 4, yeah. man. We, we Are you back, right? Ray? I'm back. Uh, ah! I, I, I had to switch your appliances. Pete, what is these with these old guys? Like Hank, this guy, they get no good internet, bro. What, what the, you know, spend Fixed a few income, seven. okay? Give the guy, uh, you know, he doesn't have like a, a sprawling uh, metropolis like you do or or Louie, you know, uh, uh, with, a, with a lodge in the woods, you know what got I mean? A big, he's got a big silver plate in his window i don't know what that is over there but he's got a big silver plate that's uh from the ufla on my retirement they sent me a uh, big pewter dish pewter <laughs> dish yeah wow i did hey, i don't know probably put, put in my window or put a put a salad on it i don't know oh, put some that's a nice spaghetti dish bro yeah <laughs> a pasta. make a little pasta with gravy you know what i mean oh, oh the italian's coming out look at it you oh. saw that right bring hank back somebody oh no <laughs> Yeah. All right, uh, so we, uh, we, uh, we, uh, we uh, friends. 
So this was was this, are we at this point yet? Your first fire? Yeah, so, yeah. So that was when I was an auxiliary firefighter. So I was about seventeen. We wore rubber coats at the time. No kidding. But I had a leather helmet because that's what all the cool guys wear, you know. Ah, what yeah. color is that helmet though? Yellow. A yeah. yellow auxiliary with a, a, yeah. a rubber slicker. Yeah. What, yeah. It looks like you're stretching off the back of somebody's uh, station wagon. What is that? Yeah. <laughs> what uh, is it's that? actually the uh, we we were we we had a power supply truck. That was kind of our thing because we couldn't go into the building, and so we could run lights to and supply you uh, all right. and stuff like that. Yeah. So look at you with a good 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 auxiliary with your hip chin strap on there. Look at you That's there, right. man. Right. $55 leather helmet with eye shields. $55. Wow. Was that a Collins helmet? Yes, it was. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. yep. Do you still have that by any chance or not? I absolutely do. Oh, Good my God. What, what, awesome. are they, what, what are those helmets cost now, right? Those got to be a lot of money. Uh, right? 800, couple, 800, bucks. 800 bucks. Wow. Yeah. I see these kids at the shows all the time. Dropping money buying these leather helmets. I'm like, where does kid get this money from, man? I think Anywhere I paid 95 can. bucks when I got on the job for the leather helmet. Jeez. <laughs> 95 yeah. bucks. That's the yeah. one where they fit on your head, right? And they would take the thing and measure your head. Right. Like they had this contraption that they put on your head and it, yeah. it like punched the shape of your head like an oblong yeah. rectangle, you know? Right. And then saying, uh, Mrs. Procaccini's husband saying a thousand bucks. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Except they, they screwed that thing into your head, though, right, Ray? They used the nuts and they screwed it down hard. <laughs> like, like, like Herman Munster. <laughs> Herman Munster style. Yes, master. All right. All right. So, yeah, we we, uh, we actually caught a lot of work in Southbridge. It, a lot of old housing stock. Uh, you know, it, it kind of had its own little area that was kind of a ghetto-y area and lots of close buildings. Um, I had a fire. Uh, Timmy Klett talked about a fire that kind of defined his career when he was right. on the show. And I had a fire in uh, October 4th, 1984. I work in the night tour about one in the morning, get a call for a house fire on the way. And he said, there's a kid trapped. So I'm the guy with the pipe and uh, pull up, smoke showing from the second floor, pretty good fire in a three decker. And, uh, you know, go up the stairs and now they're telling me there's a kid in there. And so I go in. And uh, my officer at the time, he didn't, he didn't really wear the air pack thing, you know. So uh, I kind of went in by myself and uh, went in the bedroom, knocked the fire down, uh, and actually found the kid in the crib. And it was, you know, way too late. And uh, oh man, that sucks. Yeah, and then you know, kind of came out. And of course, my younger brother, he's following the line, and I bump into him, you know, and I go, hey, I got my mama's out of air. I said, there's a kid in there, but it's too late. Just make sure you knock the rest of the fire down. And, uh, you know, there was no CISM stuff. There was none of that. And, uh, you know, I didn't handle it well. Mm -hmm. And um, really, I thought it was a hot shot. You know, I'm going to get in there and do everything just right. And uh, kind of slapped me down and kind of put me in my place. And uh, like I said, it, it really, it was a real tough time for me. And then, you know, it was a little baby, and to make matters, you know, kind of worse was uh, sometimes these things are situational. So because of the big horn on the station, my wife knew there was a fire, and she came to the fire. Oh, man. And she was about uh, eight months pregnant at the time. So now here's this little baby dead in the building, 
and my wife's standing there pregnant. And, and again, it just, it was just a bad, bad time for me, you know? Um, and, uh, you know, like I said, it was, there was no CSM, CISM and stuff like that. So, um, you know, we got through it and, uh, you know, later on in life, like when the cold storage happened and so forth, I was able to handle it because of the lessons that I had learned the hard way early on, you know? Yeah. But yeah, that, you mentioned a, a, a three-decker. I think you should tell anybody that's not from Massachusetts. Yeah, the, the, uh, the three-decker is. So these were, these were built about uh, 1890 and uh, 1910-ish. Uh, three-story frame, balloon construction. Uh, most of the apartments were the same, except for uh, uh, some of the top floors would be different because they might have a peaked roof instead of a flat roof. So the layout would be slightly different. Some of them had mansard roofs. <laughs> Again, would make the layout a little bit different, but um, <clears throat> you know, usually three bedrooms, one bath, and uh, with the balloon framing, if you got a fire that got into the walls, it would immediately go right to the attic, but it also can drop down into the basement. So, yep. um, you know, first floor fire, you had to get three lines in operation really quick. Yeah, we had a couple other guys who, who from from Boston who were saying that three deckers and uh, yeah, yeah, are those are the ones with the uh, wooden fire escapes. On the front of the house, on the front of the building. Oh, yeah, either front and rear wood porches, or this one had a side porch and a rear porch. And uh, that's where we entered in from the side porch. Uh, you know, again, it was a one-line fire. It was no big deal, but. It's, it, it's the one that left the mark on you, right? It's, yeah, uh, bad, bad. Yeah, a lot of scars there for that one. But, uh, you know, and then, then we move on, you know. Uh, uh, you know, there were lots, there were lots of fires there. You know, I mean, uh, I stumbled onto a thousand foot long mill that was on fire one day. I was the first one on scene. I'm driving down the street and I look and I go, Oh my God, look at the smoke. And, you know, fires out two windows on the top floor. Everybody's coming down the stairs. I go, okay, everybody getting out now. I'm like, geez, everybody probably can see this. Did anybody call, you know, and this is kind of prior to cell phones. I hear the sirens. I'm like, okay. I look back down the alley. Not a fire's out. Like 15 windows. Holy and, shit! You know, and, <clears throat> and it, you know, it ends up pretty much burning to the ground, except for the front section where there was a, a fire door. You know, and right. it was a couple of days we were there, and it was kind of cool because the monks from St. Joe's Abbey had an old New York City engine, and they came to the fire. Come on, really? Wait to God! It, it's in Spencer, Massachusetts, and uh, you know, we're like. Can we talk to you? I mean, you guys like, and they're like, yeah, we're not in the Abbey. We can talk. I'm like, oh, cool. You know, and they went and drafted out of the river. Nobody else wanted to go down in this alley because they were afraid they were going to lose their truck. And they're like, we'll go down there. <laughs> so they were drafting. It was kind of cool. What, what kind of turnout gear does a monk have, bro? <laughs> I got to know that. <laughs> Good stuff. Good yeah. Stuff. <laughs> Good stuff. That's <laughs> Well, you know, they look like colonels. You know, I got the, the things, the epileptic things on the top. Blessed, blessed. It's all yeah. blessed. That's so yeah. funny, man. They, they don't talk when they're in the Abbey, but when they're outside, no. they're... yeah, they could talk. Yeah, so that was really, funny. yeah. Wow, that's crazy. Yeah, uh, they would have to give all signals by hand. You know? Yeah, drop, right. drop the second. Give me the second yeah. along. Give me the second along. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then six nights later, we catch. Uh, I'm working, and uh, fire comes in, and Hearing a speaker, fuego, fuego, you know, and all this stuff. When the cops could talk too, and the cops going to fire on Hamilton Street. As I'm going down the back stairs of the firehouse, I said to the captain, I go, I can see the fire from here. And he goes, You see the smoke? I go, No, I can see the flames. 
<laughs> we're like think, we're like one right. So we roll up. There was a building we had had a fire in the previous year that was gutted to the studs. It was eleven apartment wood frame building, five stories in the back. It was fully involved. The house next door was nine apartments. That was heavily involved. They'll probably run out of there like cockroaches. Oh yeah, and we run and we roll in with three guys. That's it. Nobody else is coming. I was gonna, I was gonna ask you how many guys are on the rig. Yeah, three guys. We dropped two hydrant lines. One of them was on fire in the street before we got water in it, and then uh, oh, a big line. because <laughs> you know, nobody, you know, when people will tell me something later on, you know, you can't do that. You know, you can't try to rule for three guys. Well, why? With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino at chumbacasino.com. Choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Like so, in Southbridge, they didn't know any better. It's like. What do you mean you can't do all that stuff? We just did it, you know. You do what you gotta do. Yeah, there is no can't, you know. I yeah. hate that word. Don't you love when people tell you that? It's yeah. almost like I'm gonna show you we can, right? Yeah. <laughs> I love when people tell me, Oh, you can't do that. Really? Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. So, you know, have you ever tried it? No. Well, then don't say anything. <laughs> right. Well, yeah, lots of fires there, you know. You so did. listen, what, what, you know, my, my daughter went to school in Worcester, Massachusetts, and it was cold yeah. as a mother-in-law's heart. So yeah. winter up there, it's got to last forever. So yes. you guys probably had a lot of problems with snow and ice and just getting around yeah. and dealing with really cold temperatures. Yeah, there was one year, I forget the exact year it was, but uh, there was more snow in Worcester than any other place like on the planet or something. We had like 11 feet of snow that year. Uh, and then... Uh, it was another night that we worked. It was Valentine's night. We had three multiple alarm fires. It was 16 below zero. And uh, on the third fire, all of the trucks that had pre-piped waterways uh, were frozen. So we went on the third alarm ladder four when I was there. We had a, you know, build your own waterway kind of setup. you know, put the ladder pipe on the end, run the hose. So we were the only one that could get an aerial ladder in operation. And, uh, you know, again, but it's that cold, it doesn't take very long. You, you're leaving the fire to go back to quarters, and the waterway would freeze if you didn't get all the water out of it. You know, it's 16 below zero. Oof, uh, Lots of fun. That's unbelievable. You that's, can keep that. <laughs> yeah, it's, that's fucking ridiculous. Dude, I'll, take, I'll take 90 degrees. Or I don't care if I'm in bunker year or not, bro. I'll take that over the cold. I can't take the cold. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, so Ray, have, have you rid, driven around in Worcester then? Oh, yeah, you know, my, my daughter was up there for a while for school, and yeah. I, I did a lot of forays up there to uh, keep my foot on the gas pedal, so to speak. Yeah. So, so, you know, the, 
drove around, saw all the different kinds of buildings. I mean, I was really amazed by the different types of buildings, the old mill buildings, the, what we call row frames, you call the uh, uh, three deckers, three deckers, three deckers. <laughs> you know, uh, you, you got a lot of what we call uh, like new law, uh, multiple dwellings. Yeah. The, the guy's got a little bit of everything up there. And yeah. for a fire department, that's really not that big. I mean, there's 180,000 people living in that town. Yeah, and, and it uh, keeps growing. You know, it's it's definitely a boom town right now. But Well, yeah, yeah. They built that new uh, baseball stadium in town. Right yeah, in we stole, of, uh, it, stole it from Pawtucket, Rhode Island. I mean, yeah, we traded it away from them. Well, what's that traffic circle there? What a clusterfuck no, no, that Kelly is. Square. Kelly Square. Yeah, Kelly Square. What a mess. Where is <laughs> that? Is Seven that roads <clears throat> all come into the same point. Seven roads. Yeah. It's basically like hit the pedal and go and hope for the best. Yeah, how many times do you have to use the tool over there? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. That, that is the extrication central right there. Yeah. So now they, they actually reconfigured it to make it look like a peanut or something. And I think it's worse. Oh, the old peanut instead of the rotary. Actually, my, my, my last trip there, I, I stopped at one of the uh, the new dispensaries that was right there. Oh, and it was, what, did you? Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. The, the gummies. I, I got. Really? Yeah, I recommend what, the Bible, what, yeah. what? What? <laughs> what? What? What's going Holy, on here? Who is here? this guy? Who is this man? But the uh, the the channel's right <laughs> onto the highway. What's that? Two seventy right there. Two ninety. Yep. Two ninety. Yeah. Well, two two seventy. Sorry, the numbers stuck in my head. Two ninety. Two ninety. Nope. Never heard two, of it. Two ninety. But Louis would have been all over that one with both oh, feet. Oh, he would have jumped on that. Two ninety engine. Yeah. Right. Where? Yeah. Uh, so where we were in that convention center? Was that far from where we're talking about here? Or was that just like? Is that in the main part of the city? And then no, that that's probably six blocks from where we were. Oh, it was because yeah. you know we we went for a walk like to a couple of restaurants and you walk a little further out of there and you're like you're looking like holy shit man <laughs> yeah it gets a little right dicey now? it gets yeah, a little yeah. dicey over there you yeah. know what I'm saying yeah. and it's definitely nicer than it used to be yeah oh yeah yeah oh wow that's like I guess that's like uh, down by uh, the nut house because uh, yeah. there's a lot of you know the uh, neighborhood gentrified it's supposed to be turning back. To a- yeah. To a big uh, commuter uh, location for people from Boston. That's I read that somewhere. Right, exactly. So that they it's, the train goes into Boston every day, and the and the rents are a lot cheaper in Worcester, you know, and uh, housing and everything. So there's there's tons and tons of new rental units, old factories they're turning into apartments and everything. And yeah, some of them look really nice. Yeah, that's uh, some of those old mill houses, the mill buildings <clears throat> that they uh, yeah. what we call lofts. How yeah, far uh, how far away from Boston are you guys over there? Uh, about, about an hour drive. Yeah, yeah. It's probably about 35, 40 miles. You know, okay. It's not that bad. It's not that far. Right. They gotta do something with the train though. It's it's a local train. Yeah. And every stop. And if you get on the train with when there's a Red Sox game, you oh don't dare open your mouth because they'll know you're from New York. Right. So yeah. You just have to kill you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right, so you get appointed. Um, so while you're on, though, when did you take the test? You have to take a test for Worcester? Or yes, a- yes, statewide civil service exam. Right. And, uh, you know, I did pretty well, but I really didn't think I was going to get on. Uh-huh. And then, uh, next thing you know, right at the last minute before the test is going to expire, they're like, hey, we're going to hire 25 guys. So I, I always figured somebody had a hook, you know, and I might have been in front of the hook. I don't know. Right. But, oh, there you go. Well, They're you trying know, to so get to somebody else's name. You know, you know what I mean? Sudden, 
hey, you're getting on. I'm like, oh my god. So hey, yeah, pulls, cool. pulls two names in front of this guy's name. <laughs> Let's get the yeah, whatever it takes. I don't know. Uh, who cares? You, you, you got in right and uh first up best dressed. Yeah, so let's talk about how you got uh, assigned to good old Engine 11. And it says, yeah. uh, should I read what it says here? Oh, well, should yeah, I say that? Yeah, you can it say says, it. It says, assigned to Ed- Engine 11, disappointed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I know how that feels. Yeah. yeah, so I mean, you know, I figure if I do really well in drill school, you know, they're going to look for good guys to go to the busier companies and stuff like that. And I actually had a, a district chief that I had befriended years before. And uh, I didn't even tell him I was getting on the job. One day he sees me and he's like, I can't believe you're on the job. And I'm like, yeah. And he goes, well, I'm going to try to get you in the South End down a good company. I'm like, oh, great. I'm all set. So next thing you know, we go through drill school. And uh, I finished number one on the list with my friend of mine, Eddie Seaman, who uh, we worked together in the rescue for many years. And they're reading the names off and Larochelle, Engine 11. And I'm like, oh, what? Can you say that again? That's got to be a mistake. Uh, and then, uh, wait a minute. I know somebody here. Yeah. Wait a minute. I'm yeah. number one in the class. What, did they, yeah. what happened? What about so, valedictorian? What happened here? Uh, yeah. yeah. So um, the deputy says, but I got to talk to you. Okay. So after the, the thing's done, you know, the graduation and stuff, he says, listen, him and the district chief are going, listen, you're going to go to group two. And I need a guy that can go up there that kind of knows what's going on and squared away, you know, because they got problems up there. Like, oh, oh, thanks. Horrific. I appreciate it. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. So I'm like, what, what am I supposed to say? No, I don't want to go. So, but pretty cool when the district chief says, but listen, if you don't like it up there, a spot opens up, whatever spot it is, it's yours. I said, what else could I say? Right, okay. Put that in your pocket, right? Yeah. Right. You, you were saying before that that's where your wife's family was from or something? Yes. Yeah, so they were all up from that area, and they were always breaking my chops, going, you're going to protect the family up in Greendale and Engine 11? And I'm like, oh, oh God, I'm not. Oh, yes, I am. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, there's so, nothing against it. It's a real nice neighborhood and everything in there, yeah, so they don't really get the work. You know what I mean? Right. How slow was it? Give me a little. Well, I worked the first four tours. We didn't have a run. But <laughs> okay. not a single run, nothing. No, no. And so we call we, that a camp. We didn't do many medicals, yeah. then. right? The medicals were basically like cardiac arrest and stuff like that. But other than that, we really didn't do many. Uh, did you see so any fire there? I did. I saw a few fires. Uh, matter of fact, oh, my okay. first fire was in. A, we had a housing project that was in our first two neighborhood, you know, but kind of a place that was in in uh in flux and it was kind of on the downhill flux at that time okay. so we get a vacant apartment project fire you know how those are nice and hot and uh my captain he's trying to get the pipe for me and i'm like no 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 you know and i didn't say it like that i'm like no effing way you know it's my first fire i'm going to work why is he trying to get the pipe from you what, well he just you know i don't know he's an aggressive guy and, and when I, it's you know, that was my rule when I was on an engine company, I had one rule. I am never giving up the pipe, period. From my, from my cold, dead hands. That's yeah. <laughs> really, that was it. Uh, uh. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, so my, my first encounter up there was when I went up a couple days before the shift, and uh, I wanted to bring my gear. I knock on the door. It's early evening. The door opens. It's like a crack. Like, what do you want? <laughs> What's yeah, the password? What's the password? Yeah. <laughs> so on Monday, I want to drop my stuff up. Hold on. 
click, lock. A couple minutes later, all right, make it quick. I'm like, oh, this is great. Well, welcome aboard. Yeah, <laughs> very well. My first business. Come again when you can't stay as long. Yeah, there's five guys assigned to the company. My first shift, all the other four guys are off on vacation. So I get the off. Yeah, and two detail guys that were, I anyway. But the officer from the truck came over because I had to have an officer, and he was a good guy, Mike Wilson. He helped me out. And, uh, you know, we got through it. And then uh, in November, new chief of department took over, Chief Bud, who was the chief at the time of the fire, cold storage fire. And I said, oh, there's going to be big changes, you know, all this stuff that's going to happen. So I said, now's my time. So 13 had an open spot. I put in, and true to the word, they said, yep, it's all yours. Go to 13. Now, where was 13? In, in, uh... Uh, right near the ballpark, but in the south end of the city, uh, busiest engine in the city. And uh, I was the fifth guy in that company, too. Um, we had jump seats, but they didn't have a seat for me. So they said, you can ride on the back, but it's really tall, and we can't tell if you fall off. Or, <laughs> yes, swear to God. Or you can ride on the motor. So, of course, I wanted to be with the guy. So I sat on the motor compartment. That was my riding position. And all I had to worry about was like the pieces of steel pinching my ass. You know what I mean? From the well, the engine getting hot. Yeah. Well, that was another thing too. But in the winter, it was comfortable. You know. But that was my riding spot. Now so you gotta have doors, seatbelts, buzzers, lights. You know. Yeah. Cables. Right. Yeah. Yeah. How, how much work were you going to there, Paul? Oh, a lot of work. Yeah, a lot of work. Uh, you know, uh, pretty much any second line in the city we'd go to, and then we went to the south end where there was more work there, and and we would. Uh, we get a lot of work over there too. How big is that department? How, how many firehouses do they have? How many? So there used to be 13 firehouses. And then uh, when they closed 14 engine, and uh, there's, a, there's three double engine houses, which is kind of bizarre. Um, right. And uh, there's, so uh, it was 16 engines and seven trucks in a rescue. Now there's, um, 13 engines, seven in the rescue. They closed two other engines permanently. Um, we had 539 guys when I started. We're at 406 now. And they're trying to boost it back up. You know, they're, they're going to hire probably 50 people to increase the number to like 450. I, I just read that the, the uh, authorized number of, of people that they can have, can have is 475 people. Yeah. I, yeah. I don't know if that's still the truth. Uh well, that's, yeah, I mean, the, the that's what they're probably going to try to get back to, but it, 406 was the number, you know. So most of the time you ride with three people on the rig, uh, with the exception of the rescue. So what is, so is that the, the usual, man, is that the usual manning in New England is three guys on a rig, on, on an engine? Um, yeah, yes and no. Four is typically what you would see. I mean, they'll have four assigned, and then if a guy's on vacation or something like that, then you, they dwindle down a little bit. So They don't fill that spot if a guy's on vacation? Not currently. Um, it, there's a lot of things that are in transition. Um, they had a big study of the department, of the operation. Yeah, yeah Every, Ray, sent, Ray sent me that article. We'll, we'll get into that. And, uh, uh, so what, they're trying now, to make some improvements. What, what do they ride with a truck company? How many guys ride on a truck? Three. Three. Including the officer. Yeah, including the officer. Holy shit. So you the all the time. officer's working. He's, he's, he's got a job to do, right? Oh, yeah. All the officers work. Yeah, they, they got a tool in the hand. And, yeah. What, what is the officer on the engine doing? Helping stretch the line? 
Yeah, helps stretch the line. Um, Tries to steal the nozzle. He, I, was, I was just going to say, I know what he's not doing. <laughs> yeah. He ain't getting that nozzle, I can tell no. you that. Hey, <laughs> not not if Paul, anyway. Not if he's a good Jake. If he's a good Jake, he's hey. not going to Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, so I, when I'm on engine 13, the uh, lieutenant, really good firefighter, says to me, yeah, I got a couple rules. Don't do this. Don't do that. I said, okay. I said, well, I have my own rule. I said, I have the pipe. Nobody gets the pipe for me. So um, we had an incident where they had to put an officer on the scope or the tower ladder. And uh, so we ran without an officer and we had a fire and the tower got there first. So my office is down in the basement and I come down the stairs with the line. And later he goes, you know, I really thought I was going to get the pipe for this fire until I saw you. And he said, I said, you, you even you, you get the pipe for me. You're, you're you, laid, you laid it out to him. You gave him the rules, right? That's that's the you're rule. You're a guy today. No pipe. No, no pipe. That's I it. like it. Yeah. Oh, I just spilled my shoe. You can watch, but that's it. Yeah. <laughs> that's it, yeah. Don't Feed touch. Feed me some uh, light. All right, so uh, they lay they lay off in uh, July of ninety one without yeah. forty nine other guys. Yeah, well, that's a um, big layoff in a department of four hundred guys, right? That's, yeah, man, yeah, that's a big yeah. percentage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Again, we were like we were like probably five and change, and yeah, ten percent of the job. And what happened was they um, they had a cost cutting measured proposition two and a half. Uh-huh. It's a statewide thing, and. Um, you know, every every once in a while, you know, the city would say, hey, we need to have an override or else we're going to have to do this and that. And they would usually get it. And so in this particular year, they were like, hey, we need an override or we're going to have to lay off 50 cops and 50 firemen. And uh, they, they think that people finally said, well, yeah, well, show me. So they didn't get the override. So they laid us off. And I'm told that uh, the, the department turned back like $600,000 that year. So, Wow. Like the number two man told me, you didn't have to be laid off, but they had to follow had to through. Show for the for the politicians at the show. And they had to, you know, they they got called on it, so they had to do it. So, 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 so it's when, when, the, when the guys got it, laid off in the city in the seventies, a lot of them uh, got jobs for the with the MTA driving buses. Uh, yeah. Was there any accommodation for you guys, or just no, you're on your own? You're on your own. And they were going to hire guys back as guys retired, so through attrition. Um, guys that I worked with, you know, I'd be talking to them. And, and uh, you know, it's a funny thing. The pink slip, you know, they always talk about the pink slip. It really yeah. is pink. Really? It really <laughs> yeah. I'm standing in the chief's office, and he hands me his pink piece of paper. I'm like, holy shit, it really is pink. <laughs> <laughs> Look at that. That's cold, That's cold shit. <laughs> yeah. Oh, so, my God. Um, my God. Wow. So, so they, had never, they had never done a layoff even in the depression or anything else. So now they didn't really know how to do it. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino at chumbacasino.com. Choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky. Lucky in line at the deli. I guess. Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. 
In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. So, you know, guys that I was in school with, they are like, I called the chief and I told him, you know, we should do an alphabetical. And another guy said, well, we should do it by our, our civil service mark. And we should do it this way and do it that way. I was like, you called the chief of the department? Like, yeah. I'm like, okay, I'll call him. So I call him up. I'm like, chief, hey, Paul Arachella. I don't know if you know who I am, but I think you ought to do this layoff. First of all, I'll tell you that I finished tops in my class, that you should do it by class rank because it's about time you get something for doing something good. There you so go. Said, you know, like I said, right up front, I'm, I'm the, you know, me and another kid, Eddie seen the top dog, you know, but that's the way you should do it. He goes, well, I'll take it under advisement. And that's what it, they did. That's what they did. Yeah. And it's that way ever since. So when a kid starts in drill school, day one, you tell him, look, everything from this day forward is going to revolve around your rank in this class. You know, oh. if, if two guys get promoted on the same day, the guy that finished higher in the class, he gets the pick of the company or whatever. Oh, man. So yeah. merit actually matters then. You know, it the hard actually, work actually pays off. That's refreshing. Would you believe that that's shit? great. Stuff, man. And they're still that way. And there were more than our classes laid off. I think there were two other layoffs. <clears throat> wow. But you were only uh, laid off for what, two months, it says? Yeah, two months. It was still, it was horrible. Like, I can't I'm believe sure, it. man. But you you had a family at that time? Yeah, I had, you had a family? I had two children. My wife's a nurse and oh, uh, she worked. And, and I, you know, if you can call it babysitting, I guess. You were so. Mr. Mom. Mr. Yeah. Mom. You know, one of my best friends, Jason, he uh, he was laid off from Southridge. <clears throat> they laid off nine guys at the time. And uh, we babysat, if I guess you could call it that. You know? But we watched the children. And ah, we, right. we, so, so, yeah, we did the best we could. But, uh, yeah. And, uh, and then, uh, you know, I got hired back. And they said, uh, when the layoff happened, they said, you're going to go back to your company no matter what, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, okay. So I'm going back to engine 13, right? No, you're going to engine three. Where are they? Well, they're at headquarters. Oh. Do. Any and work there or no? They get some work, but 16 they- in the same firehouse with them gets more work. Uh, but I was only going there for one day. One because day. Because then, then I was going to go to engine nine. So it was actually one night tour. Then I was going to go to Engine 9, and we opened the firehouse that had been closed for the summer. So Engine 9 and Engine 7 were closed for the summer. And 14, they closed permanently. Right. Right. So Engine 9 was in the highest rent district, and Engine 7 was in the biggest geographical area. And I got to give the chief some credit, I guess, by saying he had some set to say, you know what? You're going to make me close companies? This is what I'm closing. So, Good for him. Yeah. 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 Huh. So we, we opened Engine 9. They hadn't had a fire for two months, and we had like three first two jobs that week. Oh, wow. They just waited for the doors to be open. You, you mentioned uh, you did a night tour. Right? I, I know that you do yeah. a, a, a platoon system sort of close to the, like the FDNY did. Uh, what, what did you guys do? What, what were your tours? So, so we had um, two days, then you'd be off for 48 hours, then you'd come in and do two night tours, you'd be off for 72 hours. Um, and then eventually we got to 24s, uh, probably 
half a dozen years ago. But um, so I happened to come back on September 1st. That happened to be the second night tour for Group 3. And that's when I got, I went into Engine 3 and I said, hey, I'm here from the layoff. I, ah, da, 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 da. Yeah, you're getting shipped out. You're going to Central Street. So I got detailed my first tour back. <laughs> Uh, yeah, <laughs> welcome back. Welcome back. Yeah. Yeah. And, welcome uh, back. But it worked so I, out because I went down to Central. They put me on the rescue. Met some of the guys that I didn't know. The captain kind of liked what was going on, and I was an EMT at the time, and he really wanted to have EMTs because we did all the medicals downtown at the time. And uh, you know, good word was put in, and he said, "Hey, you want to come to the rescue?" I'm like, "Yes, I do." Wow, Say so some uh, that was great. Yeah, you know. So, so yeah. Now, so you, <clears throat> what is the rescue ride with now? So they ride with an officer and six. Wow, oh, wow. like a lot of people. That's, that's yeah. great. Yeah, so it's a uh, it's it's a manpower intensive company, and uh, it always worked out with these three decafires where we had most of our work. You could right. put a team of two in each floor right away to do a search. Uh, and then after the search was done, you'd go to work, whatever, pulling ceilings, right, lines, etc. So I got. Where, where, where does the boss go? Go ahead, go ahead. No, no, no. Go ahead, Ray. Go ahead, Ray. I was going to ask where does the boss go at a three deck of fire when he deploys his guys? You know, where where's the boss going? He goes he wherever going? he wants to go. <laughs> that that's that's like to the line, you know, to the fire floor. Yeah. You know what no, that's like? Morning. That's like the squad chauffeur, bro. I go wherever I think I need it, bro. That was the best job in the world, the squad you know chauffeur. It. So the uh, the officer is partnered up with the driver's partner. So we all had partners that we worked with the, all the time. And then whenever the, the driver's partner would be the officer's partner, unless there was overtime guys and stuff like that, detail guys. Uh, and then he would go wherever he wanted. You know, That's not a bad thing. Go. Where does uh, Jake go? Oh, you were holding that one, weren't you, bro? Yeah, you, you threw it up for me, brother. Like so uh, I, I, uh, I have to ask, is this one of these three decker fires? Because this right here was sent to us by your yeah. daughter. Yeah. So uh, I'm wondering so, uh, what that is. Yeah, so that's the top floor of a three decker. There you go. Uh, you know, and uh, that's going pretty well. Yeah, and uh, I'm actually the guy you can see through the spindles there. Where? Um, Where is that? Pete, make that bigger. I can't oh shit! There you go. Yeah, and uh, Jerry Matthew is a a guy that was in front of me, and uh, our line burned through, so we ended up with a smooth bore, but the tip was only like five eighths or something. So we were putting about seventy gallons a minute on it, but we knocked it all down. We got it done. And you, you know? were in what? You were in the rescue here? No, actually, that was in Southbridge, but that's typical fire that you would have. Oh, had that's in Southbridge in a, in a tree decker. Yeah. yeah, you would have had that in Worcester, same thing. So you had a couple of Jakes in a tree decker. Jakes. Hey. Oh, 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 I said it again. I didn't even need to say it. <laughs> Easy. Easy. What are the pictures we got, Pete? We got some of, of when he was in the rescue, right? Well, we got another one here. Whoa! Yes. Uh, so, would you have gasoline was... in the booster tank? <laughs> <laughs> so that was the intense. That was the fire in Southbridge. That was six days after the big factory fire, and the, the building in the top left—that was the one that had had a fire previously, right? 
And that collapsed moments after we got on scene, as you could see. And yeah. then the one next to it, that one was rocking and rolling. Um, you know, and then, of course, right away, somebody's screaming, there's a kid trapped upstairs. So now that, you know, we grabbed the big line and we're pushing it up the stairs. And, you know, and then finally it was like, no, no, nobody get get down. Uh, we're all going to die up here if we don't get down. So good stop. How many blocks did that go? Nope, that's it. <laughs> right there. I was, I was in two buildings. We got there, and that's all it burned. That's a lot of fire there, my friend. Yep. Yeah, that's, that's it. Yeah. Wow. Hey, I, three I, guys. I, I can't say I've ever seen a building burning like that. I've never seen a building collapse like that, bro. It just open up like a. Yeah. I, I never, that, I know, I never have either. I never saw anything like that before. Wow. When that fell out into the street, it burnt the windows into the asphalt. So like you could drive down the street for years and still you see the outline of the back <laughs> of that on the street. Yeah. Oh, that's great. You got more in there? Oh, I'm looking. I'm looking. Uh, oh, fire is fascinating. Later ones here. Uh, we'll hold on to that. Um, I mean, do we want to go through some of the ones that your daughter didn't send us? Like, uh, yeah, sure. yeah. you, you want to do maybe like the John Street? Sure. Okay, yep. hold on a sec here. Now you let were me, a fireman rescue, right? Yes, yes. Right. Uh, I was getting to be one of the more senior guys. So we had already done a search of this building. It was a big two and a half story frame. Uh, fire was in the uh, mostly in the attic space and uh. It's a kind of funny one because, you know, you never really think about the vapor barrier in your gear and how important it is. So prior to this picture, this is after, like, they pulled us out and stuff. Uh, I was with uh, Jimmy Andrews. We went up into the attic, and I told him to stay at the bottom of the stairs. I was going to take a peek. When I got up in the attic, uh, you know, something really dramatic happened and uh, kind of rolled over and, at some point, I ripped a liner in my bunker pants. So I come down the stairs, and all I could keep saying was, my balls are on fire, my balls are on fire. <laughs> because it's, it's like the steam and everything like that, yeah, it, the vapor barrier makes a huge difference. So I had torn yeah. a big hole in it. And uh, when, uh, when I got outside, uh, Lieutenant Duffy from Engine 16, he's sitting on the rig, and he looks absolutely terrible, you know? And he's telling me, hey, come here, come here. And I said, I got, just got to go kill the utilities. He's like, no, 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 come here, come here, come here. I'm like, what's up? And he goes, um, John, his, his, you know, his, one of his guys goes, John says, when you were in the attic, the fire came out every window up there. And I go, well, I kind of believe it, you know. And I said, I'll talk to you about it after. I go down to kill the utilities. I come back. He's gone to the hospital. He was having a heart attack while he was talking. Holy shit. And I'm like, Geez. He survived, I hope, Oof. right? He did. And, uh. Uh, he came back to work. Wow. And then subsequently. back after a heart attack? They let him come back? Uh, yeah. I tell you, so many states have so many different rules. Yeah, yeah man. That I, I think New York actually has the most stringent rules and protects guys the best. But I hear about guys in California having heart attacks, valve replacements, stents, and they go back to work. Eh, wow. No big deal. You're all set now. And yeah. one of the best engine officers I ever worked with and. uh, uh, he's on vacation, laying on the beach, and he has the big one right there on the beach. That's it. Oh my god! Oh my god! Again? Yeah, that's it. Holy he shit! Died, died right on the beach. How old? Uh, sixty-ish. That's too yeah. young. Bro. Too is young. Same? Is this the same job? 
Yeah, same job. This day it was about 96 degrees. It was you got just about that. Look at the burns on your coat. Look how your coat is. is yeah, well, it's, it's, coat, it's coat turned orange. <laughs> nice. yep. I was up in that attic and it got dicey up there, you know. But hey, just yeah. a quick thing a lot of these pictures came from Paul Shea, who's also in the chat right now. Yeah. Um, and is this John Street as well, right here? Yes, yeah. Yep, yep. So these yeah. are the ones that weren't labeled, yes. Paul. Yeah, so we ran a big line up the aerial ladder and worked on the attic for a while. And uh, what, did you stretch a line into the building off the aerial? Great shot. No, Paul. no, no, not initially. <clears throat> the lines went right up the stairs. Um, when when whatever happened in the attic took place, the fire actually came down the rear second floor stairwell, and a friend of mine got his hands burnt. You know, he didn't have his gloves on yet because there was really no fire up there, but it just took off, came right down. Holy the shit! Yeah, man. Doubt. What it had two sets of stairs, like a, like an old Queen Anne or something, like a. a, a oh, it had a back staircase and then an interior staircase in the front. Right. I, I tell you, Lord. those three deckers, they they remind me of a combination of Queen Anne's and our row frames. Right. You know, a balloon frame, uh, expansive buildings, different stairwells. Yeah. Then they have the uh, exterior fire escapes that are made out of wood. It, it's a lumberyard waiting waiting to for a fire. Yeah. To, uh, oh, yeah. a, a lumberyard with Ooh. voids, void for yeah. it to travel up and down, right? You know what happens, uh, uh, LT, when I see this fire, kind of fire, right? Oh, uh, Pete runs for the hills. There's a fire <laughs> in my pants because I have uh. running the, the fuck away from this shit as well, fast as humanly possible. Listen, did you not learn your lesson about the fire in your pants already? Could you stop? Well, I'm talking that? about a fire. Why can't right. I say this all is right. our this, all is right. Right. this is my show and your show. Oh right. and Lou's no show. Mine, 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 mine. Yes. Oh yes, mine, I get a fire mine, in my mine, pants mine. and then I run away. So we we probably should get up to the cold storage fire. Yeah. I think there's going to be quite a bit to talk about there. All right, you take it away, man. You you set right. it up and uh, and you talk about that. All right. Um, so I'm only going to talk about stuff that that I you know was directly involved in. I wasn't working that night, right? Um, but uh, I had been working at a firefighter's house doing some carpentry. I came home. My wife said, "Hey, a box just went out for the cold storage fire, uh, cold storage on uh, Franklin Street." And I was like, "Oh, I don't like that." Place. Well, were you guys familiar with this building? Well, I was. Um, I had never been in it, but I I knew the building. You know, very few windows, and it, it was there forever, it was, right? It was, it was built forever. like in 1905 or something like that. Yeah, yeah, it was there forever. So uh, the building was like 95 feet tall, took up a whole city block, and uh, so when they struck the second alarm, the kid that kind of gave the report to the chief, solid guy, said, "Oh yeah, they got good fire." So I said, I'm going to go take some pictures because I always spark these fires. And uh, when I was on 290 or 271 or whatever you want to call it there, I, um, I could see that the fire was looked like it was coming through maybe like a big stack on the roof or uh, an elevator shaft or something like that because I was in an elevated position, you know. Yeah, the, the highway was elevated there. Yeah, yeah. So um, so when I got on scene, you know, I just walked around. There was really nothing to do. There were no pictures to be taken because the building had very few windows and the ones that did have were all boarded up. The guys were doing their thing. And, you know, uh, you know, it was a spark. Another sparky there showed up with a camera, and he goes, no pictures. And I go, yeah, no. So, so wait, wait, that term sparky, we call them buffs. Buffs. Buff now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, kind of like and, sparky better. If I, I like sparky here. better. I think that's not as derogatory as buff. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, yeah, so, you know, I said, geez, this is a dangerous building, you know. I, and I, I hate to think 
that I said this, but I said, you know, we could lose guys in a building like this tonight. And uh, so things were progressing. And, uh, you know, a friend of mine and, and, and the, the, the uh, project that we're going to launch later on kind of comes partly from this is he told me one time and we only talked about it once. He came out of the building before the May Day and everything, and he was low on air. And I don't usually get involved at a fire when I'm buffing. I just kind of you know, do my thing, and he's going to change his takeout, so he's going to take it off his back. And I go, hey, Steve, Steve, I got it, I got it. Let me get a cylinder. So I reach in, grab a cylinder, throw on his pack, and the last thing I do is I turn it on. So I look at the number, and I'm like, Christ, it's like 3,900, you know? And I'm like, let me let me see. And I look, and there's a brand new, like, 4,500 one in there or 4,400. I'm like, let me swap it out. He goes, oh, I'll be all right. I'm like, no, no, let me swap it. So I swap it out. And later on, years later, he tells me, when I got out of the building after it went to shit, I basically had no air left. He said, if you didn't change that cylinder, wow, I'd be dead. Jeez. And we wow. only spoke That's, that's and, scary stuff. It is. And, uh, you know, Steve passed away not too long ago. And, you know, stories that these guys have, we need to capture. So uh, so then the main the, day. The, the, the good things about them, you got to save. Everything, everything. You know, I mean, yeah. lessons. You know? So uh, so the May Day happens and, uh, and I hear it and I'm looking at the, the IC and, and he didn't hear it. So I'm like. Hello, it is Ryan and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Who gives the May Day, Paul? Set it up um, a little for guys who don't know. It was, either, uh, it was either Paul Brotherton or Jerry Lucy. So Jerry was my partner, but he was working a mutual. And I didn't even know he was there. So as it turns out, he was supposed to work for a guy on Engine 1. And it was a guy that was working on the rescue from Engine 1. So when they got into work, they said, hey, why don't you just work on your company? I'll work on my company. So they just kind of did a little horizontal swap thing. Right. So so he's working on a rescue. I don't even know. So it's Paul Brotherton, Jerry Lucy. So it's Paul and Jerry. So the May Day comes in again. Now I start making a move towards the chief, and then he hears it. So then – you know, he starts communicating and then they start trying to send people in to help them and, you know, escalating alarms. And, you know, at some point, the guys are like, you've got to get up here and get us. We're going to die up here. You know, we're both breathing off the same mask. And they kept saying they were two floors below the roof. Now, nobody really knew how many floors were in that building. And what happened is when they got there, somebody told them the fire was on the roof. So they went to the roof by aerial ladder. And then while they're on the roof, somebody calls and says, hey, there's a report of two homeless people in the building. So they start down the interior stairs, and that's how they're saying they're two floors below the roof. So you can't tell if they're on the fourth floor, the fifth floor. Didn't the fire originally start on the second floor? Yes, yes. And I think it got into the elevator shaft right away, and then it was able to balloon out on the upper floors, you know. Um, So these are two guys from the rescue get put up on the roof. They get yeah. a report of a homeless guy. Yeah. So they Two go, homeless people who set the fire, actually. 
So they so they go down from the roof to right. the interior, two floors below the roof. Right. And what happens? They get the they get well, lost. So this get is a big up. building. Visibility, by all accounts, was pretty good. And then all of a sudden, it just went lights out, like pitch black, like guys talking about very experienced guys going, I've never seen anything like this in my life. I've never experienced anything like this. The fire just, I mean, when you say you can't see your hand in front of your face, it, this was like the real deal. It was just black, 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 no ventilation virtually. And uh, the only way to know how far that down they were was to actually get all the way to the top and then come down two floors and you just couldn't get up there. So um, guys were trying, they sent uh, multiple companies in, um, ladder two went in, uh, tried to get a search going and uh, ladder two went from the street level now. Right. So, level, yep. <clears throat> so it really was just like hoping for the best, you know, hoping right. to hear pass alarm um and uh so the original two guys with guys from the rescue who yep. gave the may day right yeah they, they were cheating off each other uh one mask i guess yeah at that point, out yeah. Of air. yeah so who goes and in to look for them now because they lose so a bunch, oh. bunch of companies go ladder two is one of the companies assigned to go get them so it's tommy spencer and uh, uh paul jackson uh tom uh timmy jackson sorry and um, the, the chauffeur is throwing the stick and they go in and, and there's a couple of things that, that they uh, I heard to say over the radio. But then basically they never hear from them again. Two guys uh, from Ladder 2. Yep. And then they, they, they were on the fifth floor also. And then um, now the fifth floor, Ray, when you say that, is that the floor that the guys from the rescue were on? Or we don't know. We didn't, they didn't know that yet. Um, I, actually, I read it and now I, I forget. Also. Where, where I, Paul, where was the uh, what floor were the re guys from Rescue actually on? I think it was the fifth or sixth. Okay, so the guys from uh, from from ladder two get up to the fifth floor and yeah. you don't hear from them again. They don't hear, you know, they, a couple things are said on the radio, but then they don't hear from them again. And then two guys from engine three, the officer and another guy from engine three go to work and then the other two guys was the chauffeur and the hydrant guy so he said wait for the chauffeur and you meet up with us so the, chauffeur, uh, chauffeur the rest of you guys were on the were on the fifth floor also yeah so they get dressed they come in they start searching and um, you know whatever happens something catastrophic and they're never heard from again and at now we have six guys missing. At, at some point before it's six guys, I find out that Jerry's one of the guys, and I'm just, like, in shock, like, holy shit. Um, so now we're at, like, five alarms, which is a general callback for every group. So everybody comes back to work. Um, and, uh, that's, and then at a point, you know, Mike McNamee, the, uh, the district chief, says – we're not going to lose anybody else. We're pulling the plug on this thing. And, I mean, that had to be a tremendous. That had to be the hardest decision that guy ever made in his life. I, I don't know how he ever slept the night in his life. <clears throat> well, I think he can sleep because we probably would have lost 10 guys. Oh, that yeah. No we doubt. Lost guys that night. Because there's, again, a lot of stories that most people don't know of guys that had extremely close calls. Um, a couple friends of mine 
or in one of these big refrigerator, you know, this was a cold storage. So these big refrigerated rooms with these little doors, like they had like these weird little handles and stuff that weren't easy to navigate. And, uh, you know, they're in this room and they're like, we're going to die in here. And, you know, somebody, as I'm looking, all the fatalities were on the fifth floor. And uh, somebody opens the door and it's like, anybody in here? And it's like, oh, my God. Thank God. And they get out. You know, right. Another guy was in the stairwell with a halligan banging on the steel railing. And guys followed that sound and got out. Um, there so were, could, this could have been a lot worse than. Oh, my God. Yeah. I mean. There was uh, it was a probie and a senior officer met up in the stairway. They didn't know who each other were, and they had an argument about which way to go. And the probie was actually able to convince the officer, "This is the way you have to go." And they went that way, and they got out. Holy had shit! It, had it been the other way, he would they wouldn't have gotten out. So when he pulled the plug, it was the right thing to do. Uh, you know, and and again, it's a hard thing to do, but it was the right thing to do. And and, and you know, we. we physically had to take a guy out of the staircase because uh, his buddies were up there dying, you know, and he didn't want to let him go. And that's, you know, it's, it's, you know, rightfully so. So, yeah. Um, so then at that point, I'm like, listen, I want to go to Jerry's house to tell Michelle, you know, what's going on. So my old captain is now a district chief and he goes, okay, when it's time to go, I'll make sure you go. I'm like, All right. I got to go. So then uh, time is ticking along and now it's getting time for the news, you know, and I'm like, we got to go, we got to go. We got to get there before the news finds out about this. And uh, so it was uh, myself and this uh, Chief Shavor, and then there were two other district chiefs in another car. And we were initially, I thought we were just going to Michelle's house. But turns out they said, you're going to go notify three families. We're going to notify three families. And then we we're going to have the police help us. They were going to transport all the families to a church where the chief of the family and the chaplain and all sort of stuff. Now, we didn't really know how to do this. I mean, we hadn't had a line of duty death in like almost 30 years. And uh, Paul, well, I mean, as you're approaching the house, like, what are you saying to yourself? What oh words could you possibly say? Like, you know, I, I've often said that I couldn't get there fast enough, but I couldn't get there slow enough either. Because right. now, there's a few other things in the background that are happening. First of all, my brother, my older brother, he's, he's doing a DJ thing at a, at a dance. And when he gets home, there's like eight messages on his answering machine. He looks at it and goes, what the hell is this? But the first message is, hey, this is so-and-so. I'm at this big fire in Worcester. There's two guys missing. And your brother's one of the guys missing. And he's like, holy shit, you know. Next message, boop. Hey, this is uh, Cousin Roland. I'm at the fire. Paul's one of the because it's Paul and Jerry, Paul and Jerry. Right. And they're associating it as me. Uh, so in the meantime, uh, you know, Michelle calls my house and my and my wife now knows who it is because I had to get a phone number for another guy. And I said, don't tell anybody until we notify him. So, you know, Michelle had said, uh, you know, is it Jerry? You know, is he one of the guys? And my wife was like, well, when if, if if the chief car goes to your house, then I guess you'll kind of know it's one of your guys, one of you. you know, so, so, um, so we make a plan. We take off. We get there, and as soon as the car pulls up, you know, her brother's screaming like, "Oh right. no! Oh no! All this stuff!" 
So, you know, I tell her what's going on. The plan was for the chief to use the phone to talk to the police for the next house, which was also in Leicester where Jerry lived. And the phone wouldn't work. It was weird. Like the phone was dead. So anyway, we, we make arrangements for their transportation. And then um, we're going to go now to Linda McGuirk's house, Joan McGuirk's house. So we go over there, and, and, and as bad as you think Jerry's notification was, this next one was worse. Because when we walked up to the door, and the door opened, and she looked at us, and we had our bunker pants on and stuff, and she was just like, what are they? And then you could just see, like, the blood just drain out of her face. and She knew bad wow. things were about to happen. You know? And, uh, you know, we're little kids, and, and uh, very, very upsetting and everything else. So we were able to get that done. And now we have to go to Paul Brotherton's house. Now he lives in Auburn. I live in Auburn. And, uh, you know, we're flying there in this old, police, old chief's car. And the 10 o'clock news says all of the families have been notified. So Denise actually walks out of the house. There's a little party going on at her house. And she goes, they just said on the news, everybody's notified. It's not us. We're okay. And then I caught Mike come over the hill in the car. Holy shit. Just like <clears throat> two minutes too late, you know? Yep. So so we, we end up delivering the news. We take Denise to the church. And then we meet up with the other two chiefs. And they said, hey, we were only able to find two of the families. We couldn't find Mary Jackson. And it's like, you're going to be shitting me. So we said, all right, well, we got to find her. So... We were able to track her down, and myself and Chief Chavor, we blasted out to their house, and we went and saw her, and we told her. We picked her up, and we brought her back to the church. So we ended up going to four of the houses that night, you know? And uh, so people said, how did you do that? And I said, well, it had to be done. You know, that's the bottom line. It just had to be done. Yep. And, I mean, it, certainly in hindsight, there would have been better ways to do it. Um, but... We didn't have a plan, you know. We we didn't know. So what what is that? I mean, what's the better way to do it? Well, and if you had, there is, there you is know, no more, better way to do that. Paul. Maybe I mean, more, do, you know, <clears throat> chaplains or separate vehicles. And listen, and, you 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 wanted to do it before the news got out yeah. there, man. So I yeah. mean, so you, yeah. So anyway, we go back to the fire, and I'm thinking at some point we're going back in this building. So on the rescue, we had three one-hour bottles. So I grabbed three packs, three one-hour bottles, told my friend Steve Raffa, not with us anymore, rest in soul. And I got Joe Blanchard, a real solid lieutenant. I said, hey, we're going to be ready when they want to go back in. We'll go back in. So next thing you know, a couple hours later, they call staging, say, hey, we need a couple guys and an officer. We're going to send a recon mission in. Boom, right? We go right to the front of the line. The chief says, all right, I'm going to send you guys in, see what you can find, see what, you know, and like, you know, I mean. We're just going to go in and be like, hey, we're over here, you know. I mean, mm. it's like, okay, I'm, I'm in. I'm in. I'm like, this is probably the last thing I'm going to do on this earth, but I'm in. And I looked at the other two guys and said, I probably shouldn't have got you in on this, but we're gone. And then at the last minute, they said, hey, there's big cracks in the building, the walls. We're not going to send anybody else. So we didn't go. But the walls were like 16 inches thick. Those cracks had been there for 50 years. So uh, in hindsight, probably probably a good thing you know? yeah we're gonna go i mean you know this is our guy so we were going um you know, a hot ridden process i read that it took a long time to get everybody removed it took us a week 
Wow. Yeah. So uh, some of the things that I've often wondered about stories that I'd heard, and that's again, part of this project that we'll talk about later was, you know, supposedly a district, uh, a chief scarf in New York city came up. It was maybe Saturday, Sunday and said, Hey, we can help. I'll bring up all the resources in the New York fighter parents arsenal, whatever we can do to help will help. And at the time they, they kind of thought, well, I think we can handle this, you know? So it didn't happen. And then I'm told that the chief said, okay, well, how many companies do you have? And he said, well, we have, you know, uh, 15 engines, seven ladders, a rescue. And he said, all right, New York City will bring up 15 engines, seven ladders, a rescue and command staff, and we'll occupy your stations for as long as uh, you need us to. And again, they kind of was like, ah, I, you know, we're going to, we're, we're going to, we'll be okay. You know, we'll get through this. So they didn't do it. Um, ultimately, they ended up with this whole task force thing where probably every fire department in the state occupied one of our firehouses at some point because it was two weeks we were we were out of business with the fire department. Wow. Two weeks, the, the state. How long did it take to put the fire out, Paul? So it was a couple of days. And, the, and actually, it's a little weird because the fire, actually, the last flame did not go out until we removed Paul Brotherton. It was this one stupid little flame up in the corner that just would not go out. And as soon as they got his body down, that fire went out. It was the weirdest. Were they in proximity to each other or they never made it close to each other? It's such a big building. All of the guys? Um, no. They, they, they were all in different locations. You know? um, and, you know, it was, it, uh, it was strange. Like the whole thing... You'd, you'd go there one day and it would, the whole incident would be one size. And the next day you'd go back and it'd be bigger and bigger. And, and uh, you know, it, it was just crazy, like crazy. And so how uh, long did know, it took from two? How long did it take to get the last guy out? What? It took, it, the fire started on Friday and uh, uh, I believe Paul Jackson's funeral was on Saturday, and I think that was the last, uh, I forget the last guy. Uh, they found Jerry and Paul the same day. So the first two that were in were the last two that they got out. Um, the first two were in were the last two they got out. So the two guys yeah. from Rescue were the last two they got out. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, they found Jerry first, and then they found Paul later on. And, oh, they weren't together? Well, th there was so much debris in this building. Right. That, right. Like they, I mean, it was feet multiple feet of debris like um we called it the deck you guys called it ground zero we called it the deck i mean we had bobcats up there moving ash and timbers and beams and wow. tons, miles of ammonia pipe because it was a cold storage facility uh, i wasn't supposed to be going there because at some point on i think it was saturday they said hey um well, first of all, when I showed up, they said, go down over to Arctic Street and meet your company. So I went over there and I said, well, what's up? And they said, you and Al Yako, who was my senior guy, um, you're going to repel out of Ladder 2's bucket 95 feet up into the building and you're going to start a start. I was like, okay. This is going to be interesting. So, I mean, if Al says we're going, then we're going, you know. So I'm in a harness and everything. And I'm like, Jesus, how the hell are we going to get out? And uh, they said, hey, no, you're not doing that anymore. You're going to go over to this tent over here. So I go over and they're like, you're going to be a family liaison. And I'm like, what is that? Like, well, you're going to yeah. be 
everything to do with the Lucy family, whatever they yeah. need. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, we, we learned what that is quick, right, Ray? I mean, we had the uh, yeah. family liaisons, yep. So, uh, so, yeah, so I went on that, and, uh, and the next thing you notice, somebody shows up and they go, hey, we're from the CISM team, and does anybody want to talk to somebody? And because of that fire that I had many years before, I said, I do. And I went in the room with uh, this guy, Spike Lawless from Cambridge, a poor guy. And I just flipped out, like, just out of my mind. Because we had had a fire the year before, and we almost lost two guys from my group. And uh, as a matter of fact, Jerry, Lucy, and I, we put up a ground ladder, took out a window. They heard the glass breaking and came to the window. And uh, one of the guys was virtually out of air, and we got him out. And this was, like, we didn't have a red team or any of that stuff. It was just a weird thing that we, we just did. And... Like there were lessons should have been learned from this. And basically it was just like a big sigh of relief and nothing got better. So, and they said, somebody, anybody got anything to say? I went in that room and I went crazy because in my opinion, this didn't have to happen, but mm. it did. So um, while I was doing that, Al Whitehead flew in in the helicopter. He was the IFF president at the time. Uh, and uh, anyway, I got rid of a lot of garbage that night because I knew better. You can't keep this stuff in. You got to oh, down. Good you, you had, you had yeah. good guys to yeah. talk to that knew the yeah. deal, that knew well, to, to shut up and listen. So ironically, this state CISM team is having a meeting to kind of kick this all off the night of the cold storage fight. Like then we didn't have like a state team. This was all like in the incipient stages and they were having like their meeting to finally get this thing going. And all of a sudden like, holy shit, we got to go to Worcester. And that, and that, so they were, they were working from the beginning as well. You know, like we didn't know, they, nobody knew what a family liaison was supposed to do. Right. We, we just, you know, they said later, you guys wrote the book on this. And it's like, okay. And you know, it is what it is, but. Now, uh, we forward. There's a lot of the, the guys that we lost that night. Their sons are on the job, right? Yeah. So, um, uh, Jerry, my partner, his, his oldest son, Jerry is on the job. That's uh, Jeremiah Lucy, right? Yeah, yeah, uh, the third. And he he's in Rescue One, right? He is. And oh, uh, he got it. he's in Rescue One too. That's yeah. great. And he had a near miss um, the night that Chris Roy died. Uh, Jerry that wasn't was, too long ago. Chris Roy was a lieutenant that just died recently, right? No, he was. Uh, Chris was a firefighter that had died the year before Jay Menard died. So I've had ten guys line of duty deaths that I knew worked with, and uh, and that's all that. since 1999, right? Yeah. Well, I had one in Southbridge in 1984. A guy named Mike Blanchett. He died uh, on a on a medical call. He was doing CPR on somebody when he went into cardiac arrest himself. Which is, you know. Oh my God. Yeah, he's only 49. You know, um, so it seems to me that. You carry a lot of weight with you, uh, Lieutenant LaRochelle. Like, uh, it, it seems like, obviously, you're, you, you, you mourn your brothers, but this is carried with you from the beginning all the way to now. Because you, as much of a, of a fun-loving guy you probably are, you, you still have that with you, don't you? Because I, to me, it seems like it, it made the biggest impact on your career uh, the losses that you experienced from that very first one you told us about. Yeah. Um, yeah, absolutely. Um, uh, I'm, I'm, 
after after all the events that happened, I said, gee, how can I get back? You know, 30,000 firefighters supposedly, uh, that's the number, came to our memorial service. So, so I got into training. I started training, and I've been doing it ever since. And uh, I find that uh, very rewarding. It's a good outlet for me. It's a way to pay back. It's a way to take this emotional energy and, and hopefully – not have anybody experience what we've experienced. And, and again, I'm only talking about myself. There's 400 other guys out there that got the hell beat out of them doing this. And, and in the last few years, you know, um, you know, we lost John Davies in the collapse on Arlington Street. And then, you know, we lost uh, Chris on uh, Lowell Street. And then we lost Jay uh, over on uh, Stockholm Street. And, you know, God forbid we have any more. But uh, we, we, for a long time, we had a really big horseshoe up on the shelf and it fell off in a big way. And uh, we, we really have been taking a beat. Um, you, you remind me of, uh, 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 one of our favorite senior guys, Bob, Bobby Gallione. Oh, sure. Yeah. You know, uh, yeah. It's, it's, you, you have that experience and that, that, that natural ability to stay calm in bad things. But, uh, oh. back to the guys on the, still on the job, but Paul Brotherton, he has a uh, five of his six sons are on the job. Yeah. Right? Yeah, five of his six sons. Holy, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. <clears throat> Tommy Spencer has uh Danny, um, his uh youngest son, his oldest son. I'm not sure what he does, and then his his daughter was like a genius. So for her to get on a fight upon with him, such a waste. I mean, she's probably like curing cancer or something. I mean, yeah. she's, he's just really, really sweet, really smart. Um, I, I, I think it's amazing that two of the sons actually work at the uh, the site of the fire at the at the new Franklin Street fire station. Well, that's the other thing is that they didn't know what to do with the site, and it probably would have turned into a trucking terminal because all the trains are there and stuff. And then the city actually said, "Hey, we're going to build a firehouse there." Not that we necessarily needed a firehouse there, but they made some consolidations and things, and uh, it's now forever. In our, wow, that's that's I, great. I, I, I think I read I, that that was actually the recommendation of one of the sons. Yeah, memorialize. I commend the city on that, bro. That's a that's a yeah. great idea, yeah. man. Really, and there's well, a really well, nice monument in front of the uh, the station. Yeah. I, I I stopped by and I saw it. <laughs> I sent Pete the picture of it before. Uh, so, what company is that? What company is that? So it's uh, Engine Six because they closed they closed their firehouse, which is really old. And they moved them down to Franklin Street. Engine 12 was on top of Providence Street in a really old firehouse. I'm talking like 100 plus years old. And they moved them down there. So two engines. Ladder one was at Central Street with the rescue. And um, at some point, they get the bright idea to sell the firehouse on Central Street. And uh, somebody bought it and put up a hotel. So they kicked us out. They said, go, go away. So we ran out of a, a south end station for the longest time. And for us to get to the north end, you know, it was almost like, uh, you know, it's like, yeah, we'll be there in some time. Uh, that's what I want to ask you, Paula. So the rescue turns out on every working fire there, right? And what's every, the every box for a, for a structure fire. And then all the other things, elevators, gas calls. And so all the, all the kind of cool stuff. Yeah, they get to go to every fire. Um, and it wasn't uncommon to have a couple of fires in the night. I mean, it wasn't every week, but. It wasn't out of the question. Um, right. Uh, the 4th of July used to be very busy for us, the 3rd and the 4th. Yeah. It used to be a great night to work. Oh, yeah. yeah. That was well, a great night to work. The city used to 
guy, people in the city would take all their trash and put it in the street and light it on fire. So they would wait all year and they'd put out their, you know, tires, couches, the whole neighborhood would put out their stuff. So we'd go to these bonfires all night long and there'd be hundreds of them. And yeah. it was so busy that the city between the hours of nine o'clock and ten, generally till 1 a.m. would put an extra hundred guys on duty. And we would put fire hose on everything we could possibly put hose on. Pickup trucks, ladder trucks, rescue companies, everything had fire hose on it. And it wasn't unheard of for a pickup truck with three or four guys to roll into a vacant building going. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. 93 was the last big year for fires. And uh, I went to nine jobs that night. Wow. And uh, it was unbelievably wonderful. You know, nothing it says was, Independence Day like burning ties, right? Right? Yeah. 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 <laughs> well, it, some of these guys are really, really smart. What they would do is they'd put tires on top of the hydrants and light them on fire. So oh, great guys! Excellent. And, and uh, some, of these, some of these guys actually got on the job later on in life. You know, who? What just yeah. go figure? You know. Yeah. You know, I wanted to ask you, Paul, what happened to the two uh, homeless guys who started the fire? Did they ever find those guys? Did they catch yes, them? Yes, actually, it was it was a couple, right? Yes, it was, it was uh, a woman and a guy, and uh, they Thomas they, Levesque and Julianne Bonds. Yeah, and they they tried to like get them for murder and all this other stuff, and, and essentially the law doesn't didn't cover it. Doesn't get there because of the fact that it wasn't on purpose. They were having a fight. Somebody knocked over a candle. That's what started the fire, but they never called it in. So the right. fire burned over an hour before a passing cop saw it. Yeah. And he said, yeah. and he called it in and he said, this is going to be a multiple alarm fire. Wow. So that couple actually got probation. Yeah. Because the law didn't address what they did for not notifying the fire department of right. the fire. It's my understanding that somebody uh, actually, uh, I think they adopted Julie and kind of straightened her out. But I hope. You know, but. Yeah, I hope. So then you go get promoted. Yeah, yeah. I go back to Engine Eleven. Uh, isn't it amazing how life is like a circle, right, Pete? Life is like, <laughs> like a big circle. Like a big circle. So, um, so the interesting thing about that is, before I go up there, I actually opt to teach at the Proby School. So I spend some time at Proby School, and when I go up there. My company is made up of three of the probies from that class and another guy who's got probably a year. And one of the guys that's in my probie class is Jerry Lucy, Jerry Lucy's son. They send him up there. And uh, district chief's son is one of the guys, too. So I kind of felt pretty honored that the chief thought enough of me to say, hey, I'm going to send my son up there and you take care of him. Yeah. And, and it was, you know, it was fun because these guys, they were all full of uh, ambition, even though they didn't necessarily really know what was going on. And then the senior guy who, like I said, had maybe a year more than them, he transferred to a busier company. And so now I had the three stooges with me, as I like to call them. <laughs> and uh, the senior guy, Pat, he finished higher in the class. So he was the senior guy. And, uh, you know, I used to tell him stories about this guy, Leo Gauthier, great Jake. All right. That's hey, right. Jake, oh, hey. And I would say, like, Leo would come in at Engine 4, 
And if the back of the hose bed didn't look right, he'd start taking hose off and make it nice, you know, like we, we got to be able to lay out right and everything. So they, they, they take this in, you know. So one night we get a run about midnight. I come downstairs and this hose laying all over the apparatus floor. And I'm like, what are you doing? Well, we didn't like the way the hose was. So we're, you know, fixing it. And I'm like, all right, as long as you don't fix it all at the same time, you know, we're okay. So, uh, but they were great. Uh, we had another call one night. It was a maternity call. And uh, I, I said to them, I said, I had a dream last night that we delivered a baby. And like an hour later, we're going to Grapefruit Valley for a woman in labor. And they're like, oh, my God. So it was one of those calls where I'm like, usually I don't take a peek, you know, but I'm like, this sounds like the real deal. So I said, all right. <laughs> I take a look. So I, you know, I said to the lady, I'm going to have to look and see if the head's showing right. And so as I'm looking, I'm like, oh, you know, a lot of hair, no head. Okay. And, uh, I turn around and the three stooges are over my shoulder, like Mo, Larry, and Curly looking, you know, and the OB kit like exploded in the kitchen. And I'm like, oh, yeah, don't open that stuff up unless I tell you. you know? but, um, yes. but it, was, yeah, it was great working with those guys. They were a lot of fun. And then they, they moved on to busier companies. And you transferred a lot of four. Yeah, special ops company. I had my eyesight to get back to the rescue. So I said, you know, if I make myself part of the special ops, maybe they'll. What, you know, what, is ladder, what is ladder for? Like a backup to the uh, yeah. So support? they have they have the special ops. So they're almost like uh, like what a squad in New York would be, where they have uh, jaws and stuff. But there's a special operations truck that runs out of that firehouse too. So engine five and ladder four are special ops companies, uh, and that way they have to rescue tied up at a fire. These other guys can bring you know technical rescue stuff to an incident. So I I read that. Uh, Jeremiah Lucy was a, a member of the hazmat team. How does how does that respond? Yeah, yeah. And uh, so was I. You know, again, we were like bookends. You know, whatever he was doing, I was doing. And uh, this guy, John Bowden, you know, kind of a gruff guy, nice guy. But one of those guys that you couldn't tell from the outside. He says to us one day, because we both work at the fire academy at the time. He goes, hey, I'm getting you and Lucy on the hazmat team. And I'm like, well, what does that mean? He goes, don't worry about it. I'm like, <laughs> okay. That's when you worry. Yeah, so famous last words. On the state hazmat team, and uh, you know, did that too. So that was that was fun. Extra training and some extra dough. Um, but uh, yeah, do they have a, a a dedicated hazmat unit company there, or is it? No, pretty much the state covers everything. So there's a there's regional teams in each part of the state, and it's actually a very good system. Um, if you need them, you call them, and there's 40 guys on each or 40 firefighters on each team, and whatever is the closest group and it's all a tiered system. So you only get what you want. You know, you don't get 40 guys unless you need 40 guys kind of thing and tons of equipment, lots of money thrown at it. So but it's, nice. a, it works out, you know, it works out really well. So, uh, so that was your foot in the door, ladder four. And then yeah. you said you go back to the training division. Yeah. Uh, well, so when I'm at ladder four, uh, my son passes away. And, oh my God! Uh, I'm sorry. sorry. Yeah, so they uh, come and notify me I'm working. They they actually came to my house and they wanted to talk to me. My wife said he's at work. What's this about? You know, when the police show up, it's not good. And uh, they come down to the firehouse and they tell me that my son has passed away. He lives in Chicago, and uh, so now I know what it's like to be on both sides of the door. You know, and neither one of them's any good. Trust me. I was going to say, man, you've had your your, your share of hardship. Yeah. Brother. So yeah. So my career has been like a collision with with everything, you know, and, and, uh, my wife, I got to give her kudos cause she stuck with me the whole time and, and she's been through it too, you know, and my daughter, 
And uh, so another bad event happened after that while I was working. And I said, I got to get the hell out of this firehouse. So that's when I said, I can't work here anymore. I got I to gotta go down to training. So I went down there a few years and um, spot opened up at the rescue. Tried to, you know, again, it was kind of a, it, it, it was, it had changed the way that they put people on a rescue changed from we're just going to pick you to credentials, to seniority. Um, and, uh, you know, there was one chief that, that would pick people. And, and I swear, if you said, I want Joe, he'd say perfect. And Frank's getting the spot. And, <laughs> and if you said Frank, he'd give you Joe. It was, just, it was crazy. So they finally came up with the credential thing again. And, uh, I was able to get back there because of my time on the career and, you know, and all that stuff. So, uh, I worked in group four. I had great guys. They loved to train, um, you know, and I just really wanted to go back before I left to be able to kind of download whatever information I had to kind of pass it on and go, you know, this is this, this is that. I helped them learn some techniques with search. And, um, you know, I did things a little bit differently, kind of a little bit of New York thing where if I had an engine company that I wasn't really sure was solid, I would send a couple of my guys, you know, go down and make sure the line keeps moving, like in a basement fire and stuff. And, you know, again, it was a little weird. Uh, but anyway, uh, so we had a real good fire one early evening on Harrison Street. Big three-decker pull up, people trapped, people at the windows, places rocking like black smoke like I've never seen before. It's about 95 degrees humid. Uh, we reported people trapped upstairs. We go up the stairs. We, and, uh, one of the guys, Dave says, I, I got a lady here. I got a lady here. So she was about five foot, nothing and about four feet wide. And, uh, <laughs> and, and, uh, now it's getting really juicy. I don't know how she took a feed. I'll tell you, she really did. She took a beating up there, but I'm pushing her down the stairs as fast as I can. And he's trying to hold her back. So she doesn't tumble down the stairs and I can feel the heat on my shoulders. And I'm like, go, 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 keep moving. Um, but we got her out and, uh, it was a real good rescue and they took people out over ladders and again, six thirty in the evening. It's like, you're going to be kidding me. It ended up a fourth alarm. Like 10 guys went to the hospital. Uh, you know, my wife heard people down by the, the chief at the department said that dropping like flies and that, um, that's when I said, you know what? She's had enough. I, I probably got to get out of here. So I decided time to retire. Hmm. How many years did you do total in the rescue? Uh, uh, 20 with my one year as the officer. So 19 uh, as a firefighter, 20. Uh, how many years did you do on the Worcester Fire Department? 31 years. Yeah. That's a uh, good number. So That's 43 with my, when I was just a junior guy, you know, uh, 43 total. Uh, retired for three years and I got the bug and I decided to join the Dudley Fire Department. So there's probably a thousand guys or whatever at home going, what an asshole. Where is that? Uh, it's a couple towns over from where I live. And uh, they gave me a real, you know, they, they said, well, you're going to be the inside safety. You can do whatever you want and just make sure guys stay safe. And I'm like, okay. Um, uh, it's, what does it exactly mean? Uh, you're a you're a fireman. You're a chief. You're a what? what? I, I, I'm a fireman, but I go inside and I just I, like help people to get out of there in one piece. I try to be the eyes and ears for the IC. Let him know what's going on or her know Perfect. what's going on. How how big is that department, Paul? 
So there's uh, probably 25 members. They have about three or four people on each shift. That's it. The rest are on uh, the PayPal thing. And what? And, um, how far is that from your house? Is that close, or is that? That's about ten miles, maybe. You know, but and and, and you work. That's a full time gig, or no? No, I just go when there's a fire or something oh, else. You're, oh. you're like on call. Yeah, it's like legalized buffing, you know, and I get paid. Wow. For that. <laughs> Legal, legalized <laughs> smacking. God yeah, bless they, America. You already, already think I'm a black cloud because I started July 4th, uh, 1st, and we've had four decent jobs. One of them the other night was a fifth alarm in this chemical plant that uh, was just unbelievable fire. And they're like, what are you going to bring next? And I said, don't ask me that. Because you uh, never know. Well, uh, John Two wants to know about. Oh, where'd it go, Petey? Two. I just saw it. No, it's, oh, ask uh, Paul about the report getting signed while out on a run. I don't know what that means. Ask Paul to tell the story about the report getting signed while out on a run. Oh, okay. So, all right, real quick. I don't know if you guys believe in spirits. Um, I actually have a picture of this, so it's no bullshit. Uh, but. Um, we get a call for a suicide one night, young kid, and that's how my son died by suicide. So, pretty particular. Sorry. Yeah, thank you. Pretty, pretty, Sorry. you know, significant call. So, we're waiting on the street for a while, and then finally they determine the kid's not at that house. He's at some other house, and it's not, a, it's, you know, it's all good. So, um, I go to make out the report, and I'm like, I wonder how long we sat out there waiting for the cops. So, I go to look it up, and I can't find it. So in the log, you know, you got all the numbers, you know, whatever year it is and blah, 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 an incident number, blah. So it's like 19 and then like 21 and 20 is missing. I'm like, wow, that's weird. So I get a run, come back, log in again, the run comes up. So I go, well, how long were we there? So I look at the CAD system and it says, you know, the date, the time, you know, it's like 0250 or whatever. And then the bottom, it says member making report, God, God strike me dead. Jeremiah M. Lucy. What? I, That's I swear, I swear crazy. That's nuts. I swear to God. Um, so, I'll tell you what. I believe that full heartedly. Yeah. And you know what, man? Uh, listen, let's not get too off the uh, beaten path here. But we're all energy, right? We're all spirits. We're all energy in this meat wagon. And where does that go in the end? Meat right, right. We just, we just, we just. <laughs> our spirit is just driving this meat wagon around, and we are uh, spirits living in the material world. I'm telling yeah. you, and that's 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 no meat joke. Meat wagon. Man. I love that. that. No joke. How does how does John Two know these stories? Did you work with John? Well, John Two and I used to teach together. Oh. Um, and then John went down to South Carolina, and uh, and uh, you know. So with his gun, with his gun rack on his pickup. Yeehaw! Stick it in your grandma. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, strike me dead. I'm telling you, I. I wow. I, you know, I don't know, Kim. Could you maybe try to find that picture in here on my phone? But uh, so I called the IT guy, and I took a picture of the screen because I said nobody's going to believe this. It's the only smart thing I ever did. And I called the IT guy, and I go, "Hey, um, you're going to think I'm crazy here, but this is this. This is what happened." And um, so I can't find the run anymore. It's gone. It's in the photos in there somewhere. I would say you're wicked schmat. Yeah. So, you know, when those IT guys are in the background, you can kind of see stuff moving around like the Matrix in there, you know? 
Right. And so I know he's looking for stuff, and then he's going, huh. And I'm like, what's a hunt mean? And he goes, I don't know. So anyway, he couldn't find it. So then he calls me back later, and he goes, I found it. It was buried deep in the CAD system. And he says, uh, I said, did you ever see anything like that before? He goes, no. So in the meantime, I tried to put in Jerry's name in the incident. And then because I was logged in, it wouldn't accept it. When I pushed like his J, it, my name came up. And uh, so we thought maybe Jerry, young Jerry Lucy did something, even though he didn't work with me. But the guy, the IT guy says, no, he, there's no record of Jerry Lucy III being on this computer at all during those times. And so that is you know, crazy, bro. That's crazy story. Me, you know, um, I'm, I believe it. Yeah. Oh, looks like you got a dog back there. I got a couple of them back. I don't know how the hell I got that. Down the only one I really wanted to mention, and I know time's getting short, was um, yep. if you ever see a Worcester firefighter patch, it doesn't say Worcester Fire Department on it. It says Worcester Firefighter. And there's very few of those out there, very, very seldom. I've been to many funerals, seen hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of guys, and you're always a Worcester Firefighter first. You, so you're cool. the chief of department, you wear a Worcester Firefighter patch on your shoulder. And that's pretty cool. And there's not many of those around. So that's Amen, a brother. great idea. That is, that is cool. Uh, yeah. And you know, one of the guys years ago designed this, and uh, it's it's pretty awesome. You know. Wow. No, you got it. Yeah, that's so, awesome. I think I can show you this. Maybe. Yeah. Uh, oh. It's going to be a little hard to see, oh, but there, you, know, go. Man, there you go. Pull it back a little bit. Hold it right there. Center it up if you can. And, and then it'll it'll adjust for that, and then bring it closer to the camera. Keep coming. I see it. Stop right there. Yep, Lucy. Wow. Jeremiah, Jim. And then you can see the arrival up top is five nine twenty fourteen. Yep, at yep. like five hundred hours. Wow. So, you know, it is what it is. That's crazy. That's a, shit, that man. is that is a. Uh, that's I can't message. see you guys anymore for some reason. I can only oh, see. Hold you. on. Yep. Yeah, sorry. I zoomed in on you. I'll okay. zoom back that's out. Right. That's uh wow. that's a message for sure. Yeah, so definitely is. Yeah. Um before we get to you. the old school tip of the day, I gotta I gotta yeah. say one thing, Paul. Throughout this your whole career that we talked about, uh, first of all, what you've gone through, and I appreciate you coming on here and telling all these stories, man, because uh it shows your courage, you know, not only you're fighting fires, but you know, carrying all this with you. Yep. Is the fact that you keep getting back to, to your wife and how she's every time you tell a story or just she's about there. she's what yeah, she's there included in your story, including yeah. like telling you, Hey, there's a, there's a fire here, which means she was tuned into the fire service, you know. So oh yeah, she's she's like an honorary battalion chief, there's no question about it. Yeah, kudos <laughs> to you, man. And kudos to you and her because honestly, and, man, and actually really... she wrote at the nut house before I did. So when I was taking that exam, she was on 214 going to calls going to nice, good for her. Nice, nice. Yeah. She always throws good that out. Yeah, so I always say, man, the unsung hero, honestly, is, is the firefighters' wives because they put up with a lot of shit, man. Yeah. They really yeah. do. And I, and I they, they and carry I, the home front when things are tough. Tremendous yeah. amount of good friends that, that have backed me up. And uh, and that's why I try to get back. You know, I, I, I do that, you know, and right. teaching all the time. And, um, well, anyway. great career, man. Uh, I'm so glad to have met you. You were around the corner from us. But we're going to talk about your other two ventures after this. But yeah. 
first, before we get to that, Pete, I think it's time for one thing. Uh, you know what, guys? It is time for the old school tip of the day. And today, the old school tip of the day is brought to you by Firehouse247.com, built by firefighters. Firehouse247 solves shift scheduling problems with the first-hand knowledge of the biggest administration issues faced by the fire department today. Uh, get your overtime shifts, details, and callbacks filled automatically according to your unique department policies and union rules. Expect easy integration with the systems you already use and a first-class customer service experience from the Firehouse 24-17. So schedule a call with the team at firehouse247.com and get started with your free trial right now. Email them at info at firehouse247.com and departments that mention they heard about us on the getting salty experience podcast will receive two months of the software free right. uh, free okay. yeah oh, that's a five free. inch favorite word free, free, bro. Like free. free free man free uh first tr- two month trial if wow. you uh mentioned you saw us on the show so tell man. them you saw, saw them on the show man Dude, give it a it's try Why free it's free it, it, it uh, lightens the load on paperwork and it takes the you know overtime marks out of the office's hand. That's all I got to say, bro. You know what I mean? You know it. And don't, uh, don't leave it up to guys like that guy over there in the corner, bro, to make sure you get you paid. You know what I'm saying? Oh that my was my God. only job that was important. <laughs> <laughs> make well, sure I get guys, my mark. As you know, we, uh, we have this uh, sponsored segment, and the segment is. The old school tip of the day. Hey, day. Okay. Take it away, LT. All right. So um, I want to talk about searching, okay? And um, when, when you're searching in a fire, your, your focus generally is forward. And that's a good thing. And uh, always wanting to keep moving forward is a good thing. But it's very important to be mindful of what's going on behind you. So every once in a while, you might have to back up. You might have to regroup a little bit, make sure you've got your bearings, make sure you know where you are, make sure of conditions. Um, The thermal imager has helped with that a lot. Uh, But a lot of people with the tick forget to think about the sixth side of the building, the rear of where you are. All right. So each room has six sides. Remember to check behind you. Right. I always like to look out a window if I could. because if the fire was blowing out a second floor window and I'm on the third floor, if I can look out the window and I see the fire is knocked down, that's a good thing. If I look out the window and now it's out two more windows, that's a bad thing. Um, and, and pay attention to what's being said on the fire ground. Just because they're not calling your company, you need to listen to everything. You hear, we're having trouble with the hydrant. We're having a, we have a burst length, uh, the nozzle, Guy keeps calling for more pressure in the line. Um, the chief says, hey, we need another alarm. That means things are not going well. So maybe you shouldn't keep pushing forward, right? Sometimes we push hard when there's a life that we're pretty certain is at stake, and that's pretty darn good. Um, you know, when you're on the fire ground, when you're searching, turn your radio down. And every now and then, stop, take a breath, and listen. You might hear somebody moaning, but you might hear fire over your head, things like that. And that's where you start to make decisions. Um, I, you know, always tried to see or know who my engine companies were, right? We had a, uh, 
office of Fran Dumas, engine 12, probably one of the best offices in the engine ever. And if he was on the, the line or with the company that night, then I knew we could go hard because he wasn't going to leave us up there. And uh, so know your players, and but don't forget what's behind you. And then always, always know your equipment. Know it inside and out, okay? Because uh, too many times that I've seen, um, you know, firefighters think they know what they have for equipment, and then you ask them how something works, and they're, and they're wrong. And it's because you, you didn't do your job. You didn't do your homework. Now, I know everybody loves the New England Patriots. Um, so when Bill Belichick says, hey, make sure you know this play, and you go, hey, Bill, we got it. You know, we know this play. We're not going to have to practice that today. And you, you're now working on the Colts team, okay? So be a professional. Doesn't matter, doesn't matter if you're a full-time guy, a part-time guy. If you go into burning buildings, you're a professional. Be a professional, right? Next. Nice. Perfect. Yeah, Bill awesome. Belichick, Bill Belichick. Bill. Nope, yeah. never heard of him. Nope, yeah. I'm, a Jets, I'm a Jets fan. Never heard of him. Um, nice. That's uh, really Pete, before we, before we get to the other two things, uh, I think uh, Lieutenant sent pictures of his son-in-law, right? He's on the job. He's the guy who got oh, Yeah, me. my son-in-law and my daughter are there with me in, uh, in my uniform, my dress uniform. At, that's at a uh, uh, December 3rd memorial. Um, and uh, every year people come. Whether it's sanctioned or an official thing, every year there's hundreds of people that come to the memorial. I got you for that. Hold on one sec. Yeah, they're both denim coats. Thank you, Loot7 in the chat. We appreciate that. Hold on. Yep, I got it right here. Sorry, guys. Just there it is. So that's my son in law, Don O'Brien. And that's my beautiful daughter, Kim O'Brien. And she's on the Auburn Fire Department, and Donnie is on the rescue in Group Three, uh, kind of on my uh, old, in my old spot. So. It's oh cool. wow! I didn't know your daughter was on too. Cool. Yeah, yeah. She's on in Auburn and firefighter paramedic, and her career is just like mine, headlong into every shit storm that could possibly be. <laughs> <laughs> handles it pretty good. So. That's I funny. appreciate your son-in-law getting me in touch with you. I met him at the show as well. So. Yeah, that was kind of interesting. Yeah, um, yep. So let's talk about how I met you uh, really quick. Let's talk about the door that sure. you have, the forcible entry. So, uh, so yeah, so uh, I started teaching uh, forcible entry many years ago, and I couldn't find a good door out there that you could use over and over and over again. So I made my own. And uh, over the years, I perfected it, and it's uh, – uh, it's really lifelike. It's re- it's the realism of it. It's um, uh, you know, yeah, that well, who, right who knows Mars. that guy? Oh, I was gonna Tried say, it. does anybody know who that is? Yeah, um, I actually said to him, "You want me to tap the Halligan in for you?" And he said, "I don't need any help." Believe <laughs> <laughs> him. Okay, I believe him. I watched him force the door by himself. Uh, he said it was good. Uh, you know, he's a man of many words, and uh, I, I'm okay with that. So. And who is this just for our audio audience who may be listening to this? That is Bob Morris from uh, former Rescue One captain and a chief. 28 in, truck, uh, 28 truck, Bob. Oh, yeah. uh, never heard of him. No. Oh, <laughs> he, he, he's, a, he's a chief of Connecticut now, isn't he? He he's is. He works for Procaccini. Yep. Yeah. Yep. All the busy companies and. Yes, we're gonna get him on the show once he leaves. Uh, there, and there he is, not needing any help forcing that. No, door. he really didn't. Nope. He just uh, no, getting get around the jam there, like a like a 
professional. Yeah. Well, you know, it's, it's really cool because, you know, as they always say, drillers make killers, right? And uh, that's the whole thing right there. If you're not working at it, you're working at your craft. When it comes down to it, you're not going to have the nerve to do it when it's for real. So, I mean, unbelievable wow. that you drillers can have Drillers make killers. Drillers <laughs> make killers, dude. If, wow. if you can, if you, that's, that's a big jujitsu thing, right? Everyone's like constantly drilling. But yeah, so I, I say when you when a guy gets to the door, a gal gets to the door, and they look like they're a baton twirler spinning that thing around, then they don't know what they're doing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, nice point. <laughs> that would be me. I, yeah. I want to learn a little bit of force. Uh, you will listen when we go to the rock to do that next segment. You'll be doing all of that. I want to learn. I want to learn though. I really yeah. that's something I actually really care about. Force. All right, let's quickly I get just, to uh, uh, Lou's other uh, project that he's got going project. on. Yeah, yeah. So, nope, not that one, Pete. Which is the other one? It's the coldstoragefire.com. Oh, uh, okay. Oh, right, 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 right. I got that. Hold uh, on. Oh, I'm gonna call you out. Of out of order again, Pete. Let's no, go. No, I'm not. We weren't supposed to show that. But that's yes, okay. Uh, no, yeah, I'm sorry. Ryan, Pete. Ryan, May I call Ray as a witness? Did we? Yes, you can, yeah, because not... I was supposed to take a picture from that site, not to put the site up, gentlemen. No worries. But that's okay, because I'm prepared for that now, too. We like to go. get Pete under the bus, right, Ray? Yeah, people we all buy our, our pencils with erasers on the back, brother. Good, good luck. Oh, good luck. look at you. That's not <laughs> the old Ray I know. You want to keep kicking him, bro. Keep kicking. That's all right. I'm uh, the, the old Ray The gentler kind of Ray Is that the gentler kind of Ray I don't know who you are, bro. I mean, come on, bro. There you go. All right. There you go. There it all is. Right. So, so what this is, is um, it's a project that I started because um, – uh, members, people who attended the, the, the uh, memorial service, firefighters that came to support us, people who stood on the side of the road, everybody's getting older. And I want to preserve the memories of the events that took place in the days and weeks and months after the cold storage fire. And it don't have to be bad things. And, you know, I'm sure there were many friendships that happened. Um, from people who came to the memorial, met people. I know we've made many friendships when we did our seminars. Um, you know, we have dinner with the same group of people every year that, that came to speak. You know, John Salker and Butch Cobb and, uh, you know, uh, Mickey Conboy and Bobby Athanas and all these guys that came to help us. So I know there's a ton of good stuff out there as well, but there is a link when you get down to the bottom. And it basically, the it says who I am, and I'm not just some guy probing for information. Obviously, I'm, you know, Jerry's buddy. And basically, there's a spot in the bottom where you can write in your story. And um, at some point, we'd like to be able to pass those stories on. Um, ultimately, it'll probably end up at the Wista Historical Society, um, I, I believe. And then, you know, 100 years from now, if somebody wants to read about what happened, whether it's you're a guy that's retired that fought the fire, whether you're somebody who came and helped us, whatever it is, I don't, I don't know. Um, and, uh, you know, words can be healing. So I think if you can put to words the things that are bothering you, maybe that'll be of use. So the family members, um, pretty much anybody. What I really want, though, is like firsthand accounts. I don't want to – a guy told me about a guy who did this that I don't really want. Right. So 
Uh, Firehouse Magazine is, is uh, assisting me with this. And um, I hope that, you know, people will, will take advantage. There's some boxes to check, basically, so we can categorize where the stories are, you know, whether you were on the fire ground, whether you went to the memorial, things like that, uh, just so that we're able to figure out where all the different stories go. So um, I, I, I read this quote that I thought was appropriate. Is, uh, Do you know that a man is not dead while his name is still spoken? So I think yeah. it's important to remember everything that everybody did and yeah. everything about everybody that passed. Yeah, absolutely. So it's something that maybe we should have started years ago, but I just took the ball and ran with it. And 25th anniversary is coming up in a couple of years. Wow. And so, you, you know, again, that story about the guy that I changed the cylinder, you know, Steve passed away not long ago. Uh, another guy, Jose Ramos, the guy that led the band, he passed away. Uh, Steve's brother, Eddie Canole, he passed away not too long ago. Uh, the chief of the department, you know, within the last year or so. So everybody's getting older. We need to preserve these memories. So here's your opportunity to submit whatever story it is, you know. And uh, We appreciate you coming on the show because it, you preserve the stories right on the show right now. And that's what we tell guys all the time. Yeah. Got to get this stuff. You know, not only the uh, the fire up at Worcester, we got to get all these stories down. We got to get these yeah, stories absolutely. from guys from years and years can can hear these stories firsthand. You know, yeah. and and we appreciate you coming on, Paul. We really do. I know yeah. there were tough things to talk about. No, it's I, you know, I don't mind. Yeah, I, don't I appreciate mind. your candidness, um, and uh, I thank you for your service, man. Great career, another thank hard you. charger. It was great meeting you at the show, even though you didn't go and get a uh, Bloody Mary over there at the Soul. What happened? Speaking of people who were going soft in their old age. I was getting shit-faced in the booth with Cliffy. Hey. No, you were, uh, you were working happen? hard. I can't see, I can't see you that happening. your wife is oh, my you, God. you were working hard, hard, I was, hard. Uh, we had hot dogs that night. Uh, hot dogs. <laughs> uh, and uh, the next night we went to the diner. It'll be great yeah, when we're up at, uh, down in the down the shore. Actually. Oh, speaking of down the shore, Pete and I will be down in Wildwood. What is that? The seventeenth, Pete? Is that what it is? Uh, it's the 15th, 16th, 17th, eighteenth. But I right. think we're I think we're actually showing that Friday Thursday, and Saturday, Friday, right? Thursday. We go, we're moving in Thursday, Friday. You're going. Saturday. You're moving in Thursday. I'm going to be there Friday morning. Oh, I see how I'm moving in by myself. You see how that happened, right? Yes. And we will be I, I down there. Drive with, my family down there with, with me too. Uh, well, that yeah, means you won't be down there Friday morning to sell. I'll be I'll there be, Friday morning. Kevin, uh, better to walk alone than in bad company. I hear you say we'll be down oh. there. Oh. <laughs> and two brute. We will be oh. down there in Wildwood oh. in the. Oh. In the one source booth. So if you look for the guys from one source, uh, Jamie and Big Billy will be in their booth hanging out. I'll probably be by myself again Friday, but don't worry about it, Pete. I'll be all right. And then uh, I will be with you on Friday. Right. In Ray, the morning. Ray, you want to bet? How much you want to no. bet? Ah, uh, my wife, my no. kids gonna get out of school. A beep, but a boop, but a bop, but a beep. My kids, my back, Miami. Forget it. No way. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and the other thing. <clears throat> Silly woman. Silly woman. Uh, the was it the twenty seventh? What is the firehouse expo? I think it's the twenty seventh. We will be in in Columbus, Ohio. Come out and see me and Ruffy. Ruffy's making this one. What's the common denominator here, right? Me. I'm the common denominator. I'll be in all the, the, the linchpin. The I'm the, the, the anchor stone. You are you are it, brother. Eighteen oh two. We'll be in booth eighteen. 18- <laughs> 
booth 1802. Quiet. <laughs> <laughs> can, I, uh, can I give a shout out to a guy, Brian McGowan from oh, Citrus? Give right? as many shout outs as you would like, my friend. So, so Brian, right after the fire, decided he was going to make 100 W6 stickers and sell them for $5 a piece to raise $500 for the family. Last time I was told, the number was over 30,000 stickers had been sold. Whoa. It became almost a full-time job for him. Yeah, we had one on uh, on uh, the old squad rig on the Seagrave uh, before this yeah. one. We had a W6 on They were put on bombs and dropped on a rack. Nice. Nice. Yeah, everything. But yeah, here's a guy that tried to raise 500 bucks. And he spent like 10 years making these stickers. Wow, that's so, great. You know, Maybe yeah. we could put one on Pete's car and he can make it down to uh, Wildwood on Friday. I don't I know. I will Maybe. be there on Friday. I will be there on Friday. <laughs> All right. Yeah, Friday at like 5 right. o'clock in the afternoon. No, After no, the no. <laughs> First thing. The show starts at 9. You're going to be there at 9? No, I'll be there at 12. Oh! <laughs> All right, Paul. I work, you know me. I work banker's hours, bro. <laughs> I'm selling by myself again. I'm selling by myself. I'm no, you won't. Night. Not this time. Now uh, we know what we got to do. Anyway, yes. Uh, I appreciate it. Yeah. Oh, look at Pete. Pete, we know. Kevin's kids had to man the booth because Pete wasn't there yet. Yeah. And, and, and my kids manned the booth on Saturday. Yeah, yeah, Come on. Yeah. All right. It'll be Paul, good. Uh, I hope to see you soon. Show. A very good thing you guys are doing, too, by the way. I want you to uh, I, I appreciate you coming on and sharing your stories, Paul. And... I don't know how good it is working with Kevin, but for sure, definitely, you know. Well, you won't fun. know You won't know Friday. You'll know Saturday. So. <laughs> <laughs> right, right? As I've yeah. known before. It was a pleasure. Paul, it's a pleasure hearing your stories. It was uh, so really great was. to hear firsthand about, oh, about what went on. And, Thanks, yeah. thanks for what you do and yeah. and keeping the story alive. Yeah, well, we're Great trying. Time. So again, you know, WhistaColdStorageFire.com. Yep, get it's out there now. It's up to you, and if you don't, then then the legacy dies away with with that. Yeah, that, guys, so. that's WhistaColdStorageFire.com and also forcibledoors.com if you guys are interested in getting the forcible door for your firehouse so you guys can train i think you spelt that uh worcester wrong pete i think it's worcester you left the h out no no h. that's it no no, h. no. okay i stand corrected it's worcester i did it exactly uh, w-o-r-c-e-s-t-e-r is right. the correct spelling which my bad it takes right. a man to admit when he's wrong pete i'm wrong but i will be right about the fact that you won't be there on friday <laughs> i will right. you son of a bitch <laughs> shut up uh, silly woman all right thank you again and thank your wife and your daughter for helping you get on i appreciate yes that. absolutely your... LT, just hang with us though we're gonna go through yeah, a few, and your uh, son-in-law and your son-in-law for putting us in touch and uh Rufy will be back we have uh, lieutenant ward on a Bronx guy, Bronx Trucky. We've had a couple of uh, Brooklyn guys on. Now we got a Bronx guy coming on. Oh, on Thursday. Yep. What? All right. What? 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 Okay. Anyway. All right. Uh, we're we're getting ready to go here, getting a little loopy. But guys, listen to us on all the audio players as well. It's not just a uh, a video podcast. It's also on iTunes podcast, Spotify, wherever podcasts are found period you'll find us there also if you're here at youtube.com forward slash getting salty experience hit that like subscribe and share button we can only grow if you do that guys please that's the only thing we ask of you do it if you can please instagram at salty dog inc is where you'll find us uh 
where uh, Mr. Refreno curates the best fire, uh, saltiest fire footage or fire pictures out there in the game. Get saltyapparel.com, guys. We already spoke about that. That's where you find the hats, the apparel, the, the hearse tool, nail clippers, all the good stuff. All right. Uh, thank you to everyone who donated in the super chat. Thank you to Bear the dog who's in Kevin's frame right there, kissing his dad, I guess. Uh, thank you. Oh, I, can, I, can smell, I can smell his breath. He's, it's beautiful. It smells like nuts. Uh, Facebook guys, get in the Salty Fans page. Get over there and subscribe. Get in Salty Ads at gmail.com if you want to uh, email me about advertising with the show. Get in Salty Experience at gmail.com if you want to e- email us some Q&As or in general inquiries. Also, Coob's Podcast at gmail.com for all of our news shows. Uh, you guys know that we do a new show every so often. Cockwells and cocktails, all that good stuff. Email us your helmet cam footage, your fire photos. It doesn't have to be yours. Just tell us where it came from. Uh, your rig photos, your mustache photos, your must, uh, your tattoo photos, your firehouse kitchen table, your firehouse, and the hot old lady. Hot old lady. Don't forget about hot that. We can't keep having Mrs. Procaccini keep winning and winning and winning, although I am positive can. she will keep winning and winning and winning because yes. – she, Although she checks, uh, checks old, Ronzoni's old lady was Ronzoni's, yes, Mrs. beautiful. And I'm gonna smoking. tell you the ver- when we go out to Ohio, uh, Brian Weiss Kittles was the uh, first official hot old lady. Was she, she's she the one with the act in, uh, in the sexy? No, that's, that's Saul. That's Saul. Oh, no. that was Saul. Good old yeah. Saul. Oh, so, oh yeah, call Saul. Oh, this is Weiss Kittle, the very first. She's hot too. She's coming out to hang out with us in Ohio. So if you want to come out. Hang with us on Ohio at All right. the 27th. And uh, Lieutenant Paul, thank you for coming on. I appreciate it. Thank you, uh, everybody. Thanks. thanks for sitting in for Ruffy. Oh, thanks be- for having me. Had a great time. Thank you we so think, much. We think he's back on Thursday. We don't know. but And uh, remember, September 11th, you want to come up and, uh, and remembrance. Uh, we got uh, Cinco de Mayo on 9-11. I got Gonzo and uh, Jose coming up. Staying in my house, it's like a it's like a hostel up here. I don't know what it is. It's going to be a hostel hostel. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because that's what I do. I open my house to <laughs> firefighters from across the globe. You know who we should have stay at your place, Tibidor. That's my- who- <laughs> he should come stay at your place. From Budapest, like, my- yeah, my friend Budapest, come. It's all open. Yeah, it's all open. All right, yeah. all right, all right. Thanks. Uh, Hang with us, okay. LT. We're gonna we're gonna check out. But uh, all right, yep. All right, stay low and go, fellas and ladies. All right, see you at the big one. I oh, guess. Oh, you took take, take care, everyone. Be well. <laughs> Cheers, everybody.